welcome to the Yerky Boys. May the Candrona shine and strengthen you. My name is Will. My name is Jonathan. And we are the, the Yerky Boys. Boys. We're finishing up Visser today. That's right. Part two of Visser, which was also released in October <laughs> 1999, along with the first part. Yeah, they were never released as separate parts. Both parts together in one book. Yeah. If you didn't listen to uh, the first Visser episode, then go back and do that. This is the final book we're covering for what we're referring to as season three of the Animorphs. Mm-hmm. The Animorphs. Yeah, Drop we call the, it the uh, Animorphs. It doesn't say the on the books, but we call it. Right. Well, it's the Animorphs parentheses books. Yes. And that means that next week we are going to be doing our season three recap, talking about our uh, overall thoughts and ranking the books. That so also means time. that we want you, the listeners, to be sending us your thoughts. So if we always want that, but especially if you're listening now and you're up to date, email us, theyerkyboys at gmail.com. With any of your thoughts on the last set of books, that's from book 23 to 35 plus Visser. And let us know what you think, and we'll read it on the show. Yeah. If you don't, we won't have any content, so. (laughs) (laughs) And then our show might only be two hours instead of three. I don't know about that. (laughs) Well. uh, So this is a long time coming. Yeah. Yeah, finally we have finished this. We've finished this book. Uh, we've we've got the backstory. We've got everything. Uh, uh, you know. Yeah. Oh, go. No. What? Well, you I've something? just been thinking about this uh, a little bit. I don't know if this has come up before. Probably it has, and I just forgot. But um, what do you what do you think about this, uh, Edris Ilba? What do you think about that? <laughs> That's okay. I like that. Okay. Just something on my mind. I like that quite a bit. Okay. You were going to say something probably better. (laughs) Yeah, well, I was going to say, what do you think about this? (laughs) Um, hold on. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. Uh, S.M. Waterson? I guess. Uh, I couldn't think of a Sam. I mean, you already had a good S.M. last time. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I wanted to I wanted to build off of yours. I uh, but you know I was here I was thinking about this book Visser before we get into it. Mhm. And you know how we were kind of disappointed about how this is a Visser 1 book and we don't really have a Visser 3 book. You know. True. Yeah, not really. That's disappointing to me. Yeah. I would agree. So I I wanted to put together like some kind of a special tribute to Visser Three to sort of balance things out. Mm-hmm. What ended up happening is I I I I just sort of came to the conclusion that Visser Three is not that interesting. <laughs> <laughs> is that so? Yeah. So I started focusing more on Visser One. <laughs> I think there's more to chew on with her. Uh-huh. And uh, what then ended up happening is I 
I don't, not really, it wasn't really my, my intention. I was kind of trying to do like a tribute to Visser One in my own fashion. And it ended up being kind of like a fetish thing, I think. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> What's coming? <laughs> Other than you, apparently. Which, which, okay. That's really vulgar. We This show, we try to keep things classy. <laughs> would you like to hear my what my tribute is? I would like to hear your tribute, yes. Okay. Th- um, thank you. You're welcome. You're gonna like, it's clean. It's very clean. Okay. Okay. Here. Here, take a listen to this, what I did. Uh, hold on. Wait, it's not... It's we'll not cut working. this part out. Here we go. K, K, K. Your slime trail stains Crawling inside of a person's brain I'd proudly aid and abet you You know I'd love to let you take my mind mm. Your slug-like form In crevices inside my mind Could be the norm You know I'm real misguided It'd be good if you decided For me and my kind Hey, first visser, won't you sliver, sliver into this locale? Be a pal, I want you in my ear canal. Hey, first visser, I won't beg to differ with a thing you do to me. Okay. So, <laughs> that's my little, uh, that's my little tribute. I think my favorite part of this is imagining you uh, writing those lyrics and having to cope with how fucking stupid the original lyrics to that song are. Oh, no, I think the original song is really good. (laughs) I mean, don't get me wrong. I do love that song, but... uh... (laughs) Yeah, well, this version, I guess the lyrics are a bit of an improvement. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think that's probably true. Uh, And uh, it does get a little... Like I said, it sort of it devolves more into fetish territory mm-hmm. as it goes on. But uh, as much as I would love to play the full song for listeners, unfortunately, I have to gate that behind yeah. the Patreon. Yeah, 18 plus. Correct. Correct. So if you want to hear the full uncut explicit cut of that song, mm-hmm. you're going to need to sign up for our Patreon at yeah. patreon.com slash the Yerky Boys. And, Proof of uh, age can, required. Yeah, you'll get bonus episodes, too. It's a really good deal. Check that all out. Uh, but, yeah, that was kind of a fun – that was just a fun little – I really did start out I was going to do just Visser 3, and then I was like, well, maybe one verse will be about Visser 3, and then this one's about Visser 1. <laughs> and then I was just like, yeah, there's just not that much to really say about Visser 3. <laughs> yeah, so, you, so you did. You had the KA Applegate experience. <laughs> I yeah, I guess I understand now yeah. what she went through writing this book. You can't even be mad at her anymore. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> I get it. KA, I get it. Well, yeah. That was a lot of fun. Now all we, all there's left to do is talk about uh the cover again. Yeah, I mean, we we basically went over the cover. Uh we didn't talk about uh the inside flip. 
I left that as a little treat for uh, today. Wow. Uh, so if we do the flip, uh, we get basically there's a person and they walk up to a yerk pool. And, Wait, you're and talking put, about the the flip book, the animation that's in the corner of the page. Right. Yes, the animation okay. in the corner of the page. Yes. I just think if you just say the inside flip, I don't know that I didn't really know what you're talking about. People know what that means. If you're an Animorphs fan, you know what that means. Okay, go go on, please continue. Whatever. There's like a kid. They walk up to a yerk pool, or he walks up to a yerk pool, and he uh, bends down, and then we get a zoom in on a bunch of yerks, and one of them swims up and infests the kid, and then the kid stands back up. Yeah, I'm watching this now here on Cyropedia. It's animated, and it's quite disgusting. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's different than most of them. It starts off because normally you'd have like just a figure, right? Like a a character. And this one starts off that way. We got the pool and the the kid walking. But then when we go to the yerk pool, it's like framed. It all becomes this like big square. Uh, It's kind of strange, honestly. It is very strange. Yeah. It's like they're they're showing you the magnified view. Mm -hmm. Are, Are we to assume that this is Darwin? Possible, possible. Although this does seem to be a voluntary, uh, is this a voluntary control? I mean, he just walks up. There's no like Horkbajir. I thought maybe he walks up and a yerk, does a yerk crawl out of his ear? That It's hard uh, to tell. I swear it's crawling in. Let me do a little yeah, but, again. Uh, I mean, it's hard to tell. Like it looks like a yerk comes. I actually, no, I think a yerk comes out first. <laughs> So that second yerk, are you saying that yerk? Oh, you're right. A yerk does come out, but then. Because the other yerk goes in the same spot. Does it go in or is it just going behind his head? Does he yeah, get uninfested that... and reinfested? What's happening? To, to be honest, none of them really look like they're actually going in or out of his head. It just looks like they're swimming in the background because they, I mean, because that's what's happening. <laughs> they didn't like yeah. CG a yerk into his Ear. I mean, I since I have the physical copy, I can like pinpoint uh, like individual frames very easily. I am, yeah, I, that's got to be a yerk coming out of his ear. I'm pretty sure that's supposed to be like uninfested and reinfested. He's like, I oh, gotta switch out for a fresh yerk. Yeah, <laughs> he's still he's still voluntary though. I think. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Why don't they do that? Why don't they have multiple yerks in the same uh, in the same body? Because then then people wouldn't have to like be gone for several hours. They could just like pop in and then pop back out like a minute later. They wouldn't oh, have yeah. to have the cages and stuff. Uh, well, they 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 would be able to keep tabs on their other yerks too. Like if one of them was was a resistance yerk, the the other one right. would know. So like, right, the buddy system, yeah. Seems like a good I, maybe, idea. Maybe it's too hard to schedule because then you always have to have like they have to go to the pool at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Just, or I guess maybe you get like three days in, three days out, and they want the whole time in the body. I don't know. Uh, well, we also have the uh, the inside cover, the 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 jacket, the K yes. Applegate's biography. Yes, and most of that's the same as we've had before. It's the same picture of her turning into a lion, and as far as I know, the first um, paragraph is, I mean, it doesn't give any new information other than that she's, like, making Everworld or whatever, though it does have a second paragraph about this particular book. 
Wow. I don't, I, I don't know if say? you want. Uh, it says, <laughs> uh, in writing Visser, I wanted to address one of the big questions fans regularly pose. How did it all start? I wanted to suggest the possibility that the Yerk evil could only flourish when it met with human weakness, but I also wanted to suggest the possibility that human strengths, simple human good, in this case a mother's love, could weaken evil. That's what it says. uh, Pretty trite. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. But hey, she wanted to show how it all began. Yeah. And that, that is... That's what the people want. That is what's happening. We will see how it all began today. We already saw a little bit of that, but we'll see a little more. There's also a, I don't know, I'm seeing on Seropedia a Visser iron-on scan, like to iron onto a t-shirt or something. Interesting. <laughs> there's And there's instructions on how to use it that look like they came that. from a book. Uh, was it like a tear-out, or did it maybe come packaged with the book? I have no idea. just says... It's got the I. It just looks like the cover, and it has instructions how to iron it onto a T-shirt or a piece of fabric. Interesting. Yeah, I don't recall this though. Like, if it came packaged with the book, I could easily have just missed it. Who knows? Uh, um, one other thing that we didn't say about the cover last week that is very important. Yeah. the The logo of Visser uh, is the font that we use for our logo. Oh wow! I didn't know that. Yeah, the Yerk. Well, it's a. I should say it's a. It's a facsimile. Somebody made a replication of the font. I don't know if it's like legit the font. Mm-hmm. If they're actually, they probably just made those letters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but yes, our the Yerky Boys is written in what is supposed to be Visser font. That's that's pretty good. We did we did a good job on that. I'm not going to say yes. which one of us made that, but whoever it was <laughs> did a good job. It might yes. have been me. It could have collectively been. we Possibly. both did a good job. <laughs> Uh, I also uh, did look into it because last time I said I didn't think that this book was released in paperback. Um, This book was never officially released in paperback, but apparently it has a Scholastic School Market Edition. So there is a paperback version of this floating around somewhere. Damn. Yeah, rare books. I'll find it. Cool, thank you. You're welcome. All right, well, I'm ready to discuss part two of Visser. I mean, if you are. Yeah, I mean, there's not, you know, we already went over most of the stuff to to do with the cover, so we can pretty much jump into it. Yeah, let's dive in like it's a like it's a yerk pool. Yeah, that's what we, the yerky boys, do. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, so if you recall, last time we ended on a cliffhanger. Uh, as you recall, the Edris 562 is on trial, the, the Earth invasion starting, blah, 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 blah. Um, but at the very end, uh, we got that homeless guy, Spacey, who reveals that she and SM293 were in a relationship in their hosts and had kids together. Um, so... Uh, Visser One, at this point, does confirm the accusation. She infested a woman named Allison Kim, uh, and Essam infested a guy named Hildy Gervais, and the two or four of them had kids together. Um, Visser One resumes telling her story. Uh, she tells about how she infested Allison, who was a scientist in a swimming pool, and killed Jenny Lines in the process. Jenny Lines, as you recall, is the drug addict floozy type uh that she was infesting um of course yeah 
uh, Edris562 uh, actually really likes being in Allison Kim. Um, she, she's like interesting and intelligent, and she actually fights back. She's not boring like Jenny Lines was. Um, there's some more arguing back in the present between Visser 1 and Visser 3 about whether she's a human sympathizer. Uh, you know, do, do, did you actually need, you know, a strong host like Allison to understand humans or are you just a, whatever? And um, Visser 3 demands a live memory dump, uh, which would prove everything and fuck like all, all uh, you know, all accusations, all everything. It would fuck Visser 1 over and it would also potentially fuck over Marco and the Animorphs. Um, Garoff, her former mentor who is on the council and sort of taking point on this investigation, says that if she agrees to do the live memory dump, uh, she will get immunity from all secondary charges, and also he will conduct the probe rather than Visser 3. So Visser 1 is kind of trapped. She has no choice but to agree. All right, so so let's let's go over this bit here. Uh, okay. Introduction of Allison Kim and and Hildy Gervais. Um, so I mean, <laughs> we... yeah, I mean, the, 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 unless you have a, an initial comment here, just the 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 pool scene here to me very much sticks with me. Like as a kid, like as a kid, this scene it really resonated. How fucked up this scene is, right? Yeah, um, the fact that there's no chlorine in the pool. Yeah, that that's disgusting. <laughs> right. Well, she didn't want to burn away her own slime coating. You know, it had to be slime friendly as a pool, so there's no chlorine. So this pool is just grimy and nasty. I mean, that's how often is she cleaning it out? Like, you don't have chlorine in a pool; it's gonna get gross fast. They're probably cleaning it out. We we uh, we find out that the Yorks like later on. We will find out that the the Yerk pool, the modern Yerk pool, they clean the bathrooms every twenty minutes. So I feel like they're pretty. You know what I mean? Like they're they're pretty cleanly. She probably is having that pool cleaned out pretty regularly. How often do they clean the Yerk pool? Because you know those Yerks are just fucking. That's a good <laughs> question. They're no fucking. idea. Yeah. <laughs> disgusting in there mm. they're swimming around in their own filth <laughs> anyway anyway yeah no uh chlorine yeah. in that pool yeah this is this seems some cold shit she just she 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 goes into the pool as jet as as jenny mm-hmm. pulls alice and kim underwater yeah it's like all playful she's like hee hee i gotcha and pulls her under yeah it's uh wild things with uh denise richards yeah right? <laughs> and uh it's blue lagoon she's pulling her under and uh then she's like hey guess what uh, there's a little slug in my head and now it's in you bitch yeah no and then- first she like punches her and like the <laughs> stomach and the head to like stun her and then yeah presses her ears up her ear up yeah <laughs> and then in the new body, well, now she can't have this. She can't have Jenny Lyons yerk free. Yeah. So she just drowns her. <laughs> yeah. She makes Jenny, the, her last action is to make Jenny Lyons breathe. So, uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so Jenny breathes in and then she leaves the body. And then she's all like, yeah, then I made a big show about dragging her out and saving her. But like, she was, she was going to die. I made sure that would happen. Yeah, it's very fucked up. It's really fucked up. Very dark. This poor drug addicted sad I know woman. 
I mean, we also find out here that she kept on doing coke because as long as she kept doing coke, Jenny didn't really give a shit about being infested. Like she just wouldn't fight back. You know, what's going on there? Is that, is, does the coke not, is she able to not be affected by the cocaine? Like it only affects the body and somehow uh, Edris can keep herself separate. It's not fucking her up too. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's not, it's weird, right? Like, uh, uh, maybe she can keep herself separate to some extent, although they do, they, I mean, like, they say with pain she can't shut herself off entirely without um, losing control, and Garof is all like, what the fuck you kept using? That seems like a bad idea. <laughs> so I don't know. It's not, it's not clear to me. <laughs> yeah, and her initial plan was just that they should conquer all drug addicts because they're so shitty. <laughs> Yeah, they're easy. They'll they would just give them drugs. They'll let us take them. <laughs> Sorry, drug addicts. Sorry. Yeah. Just, if you just... are a slave to an herb, right? <laughs> One of those types. Oh, yeah. You know where the Yerks are going next. A fish concert. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe they're going to hit up a Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> I could go for some Taco Bell. I mean, that would be a better place for their secret entr- entrance they'd say I, i'd like to live moss with extra moss <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'll i'll say that next time i go to taco bell i know we really i don't want to go too far before we talk about the reveal of of spacey's real name yeah hild hildy shut the fuck up is what i said when i read that name <laughs> Hildy Gervais. It's a regular French name, it turns out. We find out he's French. I think that's a normal name in France. 35 plus books in. How is she still managing to shock me with these names? (laughs) Like, it's crazy. I bet last time you were like, oh, Spacey. Yeah, that's his nickname. His real name's probably something more normal than that. (laughs) Hildy Gervais. Good, like, what the fuck? <laughs> I can't even. I don't even understand it. Whatever. Um, uh, listen, just next time you go to France, uh, just just shout out Hildy, and, like, three people look up, and you'll be like, oh, I see. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Do you think that Hildy's related to Ricky? Yeah, I think it's his uh, older brother, maybe. Do you think Hildy's like, hold on, what's that? You think there's a god, mate? <laughs> yeah, that's probably right. I think he is he off the um, atheism and onto hating trans people now. Well, <laughs> isn't that his new shtick? I didn't watch uh, his newest special. I'm sure he does a little of both. That's probably true. I don't actually know. Sounds like somebody's being a little bit of a snowflake over there. <laughs> I don't know who that could be. Sounds like somebody is getting triggered. <laughs> I'm just, I, I didn't say it was, I'm just saying that's what I thought was happening. I see. I'm not triggered. You're not, I'm you're not, not saying whether or not you condone his hatred of trans people. <laughs> that's just what you heard he's doing. Right. I don't want to be a snowflake. <laughs> no, we, nobody does. Uh, <laughs> now, Allison Kim. Yeah. It's a normal kinda, name. <laughs> it is. Yes, that is a normal name. I have yeah. to give that. The normal, so the, the, the seal of normal. <laughs> yeah. 
And uh, Allison Kim kind of reminds me of Melanie Strider. Would you agree? Who is that again? I know that name. Don't <laughs> so, I? <laughs> Melanie Strider. She um, she's in the she's she's uh, related to um, <laughs> oh, Christ. Well, maybe I don't know who this is then. <laughs> No, what did they call her? Uh, the Wanderer. Yeah, she's related to Wanderer. Oh. Wanderer is Melanie in Melanie Strider. Okay. From the host. No wonder. I just completely fucking forgot. From Stephanie Myers, the host. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, you see how much of an impact that fucking left. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you know, I see, Melanie's... I see what you're saying, yeah. They're both, Alice and Kim, like Melanie, is so special She's the first one. She's able to kind of convert mm-hmm. uh, uh, Edris to to be a human lover in a way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a little bit better than in the host because uh, in this mm. case, it's just that she's like smart. This probably could have been most scientists, but uh, I, I don't know. But but yeah, 100%. I do wish when we had done our host episode on our Patreon, which people could subscribe to right now and listen to, only $5 a month, um, that we had read this back half of this book first. But what can you do? Yeah. I mean, I think, honestly, it's fine. Yeah, it is it. fine, but. <laughs> uh, I, I, how, how far are we going with Allison Kim? What, uh, yeah, I, I mean, we, we haven't got that far with her yet. Yeah, I mean, we, yeah, we haven't gotten super far, but we did also find out about, um, like. Council and Garoff and. Yeah, there's a bit where uh, she, like, withdraws control from Allison Kim, like, as a test Right. Um, um, oh yes. Oh yeah. Though though that the part with the eye. Yeah, the part with the eye is also great. That story is wild. Yeah. <laughs> so she she gives Allison Kim control of first the fact that she can <laughs> segment out her control like this. It's very impressive. She's like the Cassie of Yurkin. <laughs> she can. She gives her control of just her left eye as a test to see if she'll notice and, and Allison Kim tries to use, and use it against her. She closes her left eye while Edris is driving the body in a car. <laughs> it's so, it's a little confusing to refer it because they're both in the same body. Mm-hmm. To Like I, it's, 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 it's kind of crazy. I, I don't, they don't die. It doesn't work, but <laughs> yeah. Like she tries to like get her in a car crash with it. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, it's uh, a real firecracker. Yeah, it's cool. I, I, I do. There's a good bit there where uh, where she says, uh, I didn't know that humans would die rather than accept defeat. I knew they said they'd do it, but I, I didn't know they'd actually do it. <laughs> yeah, this I, is more of your favorite thing, right? Humans yeah. are the most special little guys. <laughs> yeah, but I don't actually know how much that's uh this part I'm actually more okay with because I, I feel mm. like this part is more nuanced than that. Um, you know, like this is behavior we see in other species too. And uh, again, we get an immediate follow-up right here. Fortunately, few humans are Alice and Kim. Right. There is right. some more nuance to this where it's like, I didn't realize that they would do it. But like, you know what? Actually, a lot of them don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially if they're drug addicts. Yeah, and I mean, this is, again, this this comes back to the arguments that we, 
we keep coming back to Visser 3 and Visser 1 having this argument, which effectively comes down to uh, to uh, how how many humans are going to fight and how much can we infiltrate versus fight. Right. Visser 3's stupidity is just a straight up plot point now. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> it's... Now he gets like, a little bit. I mean, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but he will get a little get a little bit vindicated soon. But like, yeah, right here. If you say so, we'll see. We'll, we'll see when we get there. But, but yeah, I mean, Visser One calls him out directly for for being stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, is it this part, or maybe it's later on when she directly references? Yeah. Past yeah, events. Yeah. Uh, later on, she directly references past events. It's, it's later on. Yeah. So but but right wait. here, he she does like say it's ironic that like you of all Yurks who studied the Andalites when no one else would has turned so stupid when it comes to dealing with humans. Right. <laughs> so yeah, I don't. Know. I'm just wondering when this choice came about. Because I don't believe Visser 3 was always supposed to be stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think and that it, is probably true. It it almost feels like, I don't know if this is better that she's leaning into it than if she, than trying mm-hmm. to fix it or not. Yeah. I just I, don't know. It does feel like a reaction though, right? Like, like, you know, as she says later, uh, you know, you did the stupid anti-morphing ray, you did the stupid free will potion, you failed at the Marriott thing, you had all these, like, big grandiose plans instead of just doing the slow infiltration like I told you to, and you fucked them all up because you're an idiot. Like, I, it maybe part of it is just her being like, oh, I wrote too many books where he was a dumb villain of the week and fucked shit up, and now I have to justify that. <laughs> yeah, I think that's my issue with it, is... The truth is, it's a, yeah, it's a monster of the week. The Animorphs can't lose series, so he has to lose. Mm-hmm. But then you realize, oh, this kind of makes him look incompetent, and it makes it seem like, how could the Yerks ever even accomplish their goal anyway? Well, I'll just blame it on him. It's That's what mm-hmm. I meant to do. He's stupid. It feels like she's deferring blame to a fictional character she created <laughs> instead of admitting that maybe that was just a mistake. Yeah, or uh, or ignoring. I mean, if it's a mon, that's the thing about a monster of the week series is that you are supposed to kind of ignore that. Like, well, I guess I guess the difference monster of the week is not really the accurate term because that implies a different monster every week. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is that it's the same monster. That's the issue. Yeah, that is true. Like the like, if you watch Buffy as the classic example, there's usually one bad guy per season, and then you get a new bad guy, so you mm-hmm. kind of avoid this problem. Yeah. This is just like forever the same. You know, it's this is the GI Joe issue or any of those other <laughs> older <Yeah>. cartoons <laughs> where they're just incompetent. But and as I, I guess recall, it's all there's a lampshade in Buffy too, where they say something like. Yeah, I mean, nobody likes to talk about it, but we all know that, like, people die in this city way too much, way more than they should. But, like, people have been dying less since Buffy got here, so thanks, Buffy, or something. <laughs> like, when she's graduating yeah. high school or something. Right, I'm sure there, yes, there's probably multiple of those types of, of references in the show, but... Mm-hmm. I, I guess I have to say, I mean, it's better than just not acknowledging it at all, right? I'd rather it be a little self-aware than mm-hmm. just continue onward and just be the 80s cartoon and that's it. So, you know. 
Yeah, it's, it's not... so hard for me because I'm when I like I just think of this as part of the series, and so when I start being yeah. like, "Well, how do you? What would I do? How would I fix it?" and the answer is, "Well, you'd either do this or you would remove two thirds of the series and redo it," and that's just feels hard to picture because I know those two thirds, whereas you you still have a full quarter of the series to go. So, well, I think the answer for me is, as we often. Um, hypothesize as if there were an Animorphs TV show or movie reboot, mm-hmm. what have you. The answer is you make him dumber from the beginning. You make it consistent, or at least you make it mm-hmm. so it's like there were signs or yeah. you make his impulsiveness. I mean, that was always there, but yeah. it, it wasn't quite, I don't think intentional in the way it now is. Yeah, and you can also, like, flesh him out to make him more complicated, too, because it does seem like part of what she is doing is this running theme of, like, he's great when it comes to Andalites, but he's so hyper-focused that he just doesn't want to fucking think about anything else. And you could go back and, like, as you, instead of developing that as your excuse, you could kind of go back and be like, all of the ways in which he fucks up throughout the series should be consistent to that and obviously point to it, as opposed to just, that one didn't work. Uh, and he got mad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. But enough about Visser 3. Who cares about that asshole? Yeah, we're talking about Visser 1 this book. <laughs> yeah, uh, she's about to dump her memory out. Yeah, she is. We find out this memory probe. Apparently they like, it said they insert probes through the host's skull so they can interface directly with the Yerk. Yeah, I don't really understand this. Why? Why wouldn't it just touch the Yerk? Why is it designed to go around a human? Yeah, they. I guess they don't want her to leave the human host to have to do it. Also, why yeah. can't they just, like, put a big, like, you know, dome on her head and go, like, woo, 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 and then that's done? Like, who, we, I don't need that <laughs> detail. It's not necessary. I mean, all of the memory dump tech is a little bit... <laughs> yeah, just be like, we ambiguous. hooked her up to the machine. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I was at this point, I was like... Can we please go back to the memory dump? Because, man, there sure are a lot of yerk interruptions happening here. It's like, uh, mm. can we just get a story and every five minutes I don't need to hear Garoff be like, and then what did you do? Shut the fuck up. Let her talk. Yeah, well, we will get this memory dump, but we might not solve your problem here. Uh, <laughs> before not. we move on, actually, I did want a, a very small detail. But last time I wasn't 100% sure what Lowenstein's uh, job was, the initial host for SM. I, I said maybe he was a producer or director for movies. He was a television producer. So that's settled. <laughs> okay. And his ethnicity? Uh, unclear. Okay. You can draw your own conclusions. Okay. Okay. I'm glad that's settled. <laughs> okay. So they go back in the memory dump. Uh, Garoff is now conducting a memory dump on a live memory transfer protocol on Edris. Um and so during the time, during this this procedure, he can just kind of, like, appear next to her as though he were there in the moment, and he can, like, jump time around between all of her different memories. It's kind of like in A Christmas Carol, right, where the spirits... <laughs> but, but this is uh, hork Bajir. Um, I was trying to think of a... I don't. I can't think of a direct example, but I'm sure there's sci-fi examples of this kind of thing happening, too. Yeah. But yeah, Christmas Carol's good. <laughs> yeah, no, there's yeah, it's that kind of thing though. Um, and uh, so yes, what, 
Okay. What's, what's yeah, happening? So, sorry, I got memory confused. dump error. Yeah, memory dump error is what happened. The transfer protocol, uh, it it fucked up. Um, no, okay. So so we find out that um, Visser one. has sort of established, like, a relationship with Allison Kim. Like, she holds conversations with her and talks to her. Like, even though she could just read her memories to learn stuff, she she converses with her. And Allison is, like, going along with it because she she likes learning and Visser One knows all this alien science and can, like, talk to her about science and mathematics. Um, We see Visser One, like, becoming lazy and unmotivated and sort of falling into living Allison Kim's regular life. Um, seems that Essam is also really into Hildy in his regular human life. Um, Garoff jumps the memory forward, and we see Visser, there's like a, a bit where Visser One had like made a bet with Allison to live as a human. We see Visser One is like missing Hildy, and they're starting to have feelings for each other. Uh, he jumps forward again, um, and they're like actually in love. They all like each other. Uh, Allison likes Hildy. Essam and Edris like each other. Um, <laughs> this whole thing, it's it, it like you, we see a montage of the relationship moving forward, right? And Visser One's like, no, 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 I swear it's not. But Garoff's like, I, I'm literally hearing your memories. Um, we eventually get to the point where we see Visser One get pregnant and have children, and there's like no more point in fighting. So she admits that, like, yeah, she legitimately went native and she loved the humans and she loved uh, her kids and all that, and um. And we get a, a scene where we see, like, she and Essam and Tildy and Allison all agree together that, like, no matter what happens, their kids have to survive. Right. And this whole time, this is just Garoff is seeing this, correct? Yes. Yeah. This whole time, just Garoff is saying seeing this. Although, it should be noted that, you know, you say just Garoff, but, like, we have the memories playing out as they're happening. We also have... Edris herself from the future. So there will be times where Edris is thinking because she's in the past thinking, but then she'll start talking to Garoff because she's also here, like from her future perspective. And Garoff's here talking to her. And Ava's also here. Marco's mom is also in here. So there's like three extra characters layered onto the characters, which are four characters in two bodies. It is a lot. <laughs> I, I honestly think it flows better in the story than it flowed when I tried to explain it, but <laughs> I don't, it well, is a lot. <laughs> that's a low bar, but yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, it is, for me, the most confusing part is sometimes just when Eva talks, because mm. it's in thought speak, but also Visser 3 speaks in thought speak, mm, and mm-hmm. I don't, so they don't always really, you kind of, I mean, it's, it's pretty clear who's talking, but when it first starts, I'm kind of like, hold on, I have to switch gears here who is this and what are they saying <laughs> mm-hmm. uh yeah there's a lot of voices in heads that may or may not be talking to the reader or to themselves or to each other it's like mm-hmm. <laughs> it it really feels like a lot of this including this specific device where garoff is appearing in her memories feels like it would work better in a visual medium but that is probably true you know, it's it's fine. It's not like so confusing that it's overwhelming, but it it, it could be a little clearer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Visser One loves Allison Kim now. Mm-hmm. Again, just like the host, right? Just like the they're, host, they're chill with each other. Um, Garoff can't hear Eva though. Is that correct? 
<laughs> I don't know. I honestly have no idea if Garoff can hear Eva or not. Ava. I'm, I was decided I was going to say Ava. Sure, I'm going to say Eva. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, another just another mystery. <laughs> it's a mystery. He must yeah, not I be mean, able to because wouldn't he then wouldn't he figure out that um the animorphs are humans and whatever else she doesn't want to tell him? I guess I mean, he can't read Ava's mind. Did Ava say something about She did, didn't she? Didn't she say something about like my son to save your son at the end? So maybe I Probably. guess Garoff can't yeah, I don't know. I'd have to. I would have to read it and try to try to figure that out. But I, I, I feel like it is very unclear. Yeah, it's. Yeah, I don't know, and it doesn't really matter ultimately. Mm, yeah, no, it, <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't do anything. Yeah, they, it, well, you might as well just assume they can't or something because clearly it's not supposed to matter. That like, yeah, maybe Garoff just ignores everything she says because she's a, you know, she's a host. Who cares? Right. Even the uh, fact that um, I'm also even still not 100% sure how it works in regards to Eva. It, it doesn't go both ways. The host can't read the Yerk's thoughts. I kind of thought they could, but I uh, guess. No, normally the host can't read the Yerk's thoughts unless the Yerk lets them. Like they can get like maybe a sense of the Yerk's emotions and feelings, but they can't like directly access their, their thoughts unless the Yerk like broadcasts or like lets mm. down their walls or something. Okay, sure. So this is this ultimately is like a a fucking weird poly relationship we have going on here. <laughs> yeah, I, that's not necessarily the wrong way to look at it, I guess. Yeah, it's it's Hildy, Allison, Edris, and Essam are all in this creepy host parasite love fest. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. It's kind of not to kink shame or anything. <laughs> That's okay. This is a safe space to kink shame. Oh, good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. It's... I mean, so we see, okay. We see, this is where we see the Visser one, like, start to become human, I guess, so to speak, if that makes sense. Or like, uh, y- you know, be a human sympathizer, as they say. Um you know, some, something that I have brought up on multiple occasions before is is this idea that the Yerks, um, you know, they're all hyper-militaristic and everything because they are in this military hierarchy society. And that there's not necessarily any reason that they wouldn't enjoy just living a normal life in a host body um, and maybe even prefer it if they didn't like, if they weren't raised in that structure. Um, and I think I said last episode that it is kind of a big deal seeing Visser 1 in this position as opposed to, like, Aftran, right? Because Visser 1 is this big military person, and even she is susceptible to it. Um, but we – because we, we get a couple lines in here that kind of, like, allude to that more. Like, like uh, you know, Alice and Kim saying, like, oh, you have no pleasures of, you, of your own, do you? All work and no play. Or the part where Visser 1 says to Garoff that Allison was alive. She was more alive than any of us. Um, there's, mm-hmm. I, I feel like this is really where you see that. Like, when I talk about that, this is really what it, where it's coming from, I think. And I, 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 uh, I, I think I have thoughts about this that I think are best saved for the end. Okay. But 
I am a little bit. I I don't I don't know that I fully understand Visser One's mindset in and this point in her life compared to later in her life. I don't know that I really get her plan in regards to humans and re- in regards to her kids and who is she actually loyal to. It's, it's just, there's some things that are, I feel are a little confusing to me about her choices and her personality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like I, I, you know, we can get into it more later, but like, I, I would say that she, you know, she's she's a complex person. She is, uh, like, capable of love. She does enjoy... But, like, she is... What what makes her tick is that she is mostly out for herself, right? She... Yeah. She enjoys living a normal human life. I think there are times on this podcast where you maybe underestimate how nice it can be to just live a normal, boring life. Um, Excuse me? Right, yeah, but, but but like it's like I you know there are there are pleasures to just like lounging around and being a human relative to being like a a general in a fascist society that she enjoys and legitimately loves for her own you know because she she likes it she it it's nice it she has this connection and that's good for her but she also you know at the end of the day she does still want power she still wants to rule right like she she has that that uh, ego and she has that drive and that was formed in that york society that's what i would say for for this okay yeah she's she's complicated let's say yeah. that yeah she's a complicated individual yeah and and maybe you would also say to her might as well face it you're addicted to humans i might say that I also enjoy the part where she's talking about the other species and she's like, listen, listen, uh, Geds are like fucking stupid and hork are fucking stupid and taxons are monsters. So it's just really easy to write them off as if they don't like who gives a shit about them and their feelings. But like humans actually are (laughs) like people. So like I have to care about their feelings. It's it's like you're so close. Yeah. <laughs> you're so close to not being a sociopath, but you didn't quite make it. Yeah, she's still she's still got all that, you know, anti-taxon racism that, you know, certain people well, no, have that not let go of. No, that part is fine. No, that part is good. It's the it's the Horkmajir stuff. It's, yeah. Taxons are Taxons garbage. need love too. Yeah, they need love in the form of a garbage disposal. Just pour them right into it. Whip them up. Make some fucking jello. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, because at the end of the day, you know, as much as you're seeing Visser One, like, in love and, you know, caring for others and having these tender moments and enjoying life, even in this section, we are still seeing, like, yeah, I mean, like, after after I murdered Jenny, you know, we also drained Lowenstein's bank accounts and vaporized him with the Dracon beam so that we could live these lifestyles. Like, that's how we got here, you know? Right. Visser 1 is not Aftran. No, she's not Aftran. No. Essam might be Aftran, but as we established earlier, he's too much of a sub, and he just goes along with what Visser 1 tells him to do. Correct. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, is, is there? It feels like maybe there's something 
to the comparison of Jenny being a drug addict and her being quote unquote addicted to humans. I don't know if they really explore that, but maybe that's supposed to be a parallel. Yeah, I mean, she. I I I I think you're right. I don't. I don't think it's they not explore very deep. that. I don't know <laughs> I don't. the parallel. Garoff says you had become Jenny Lines because she was addicted to humans. So clearly, that is supposed to be a parallel. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I'm not quite sure how, though. Yeah. Drugs. Because, well, you know, he's a yerk. He doesn't know. Yeah, because cocaine is actually like a good and ethical and moral thing to be doing, I guess. They call her a junkie bimbo. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, we do. We can't move on before we say, you know, if they use words like bimbo or skank, we got to make sure we bring it up. Yeah, well, we've done it. <laughs> we've done it. Good. I'm glad I can You're count on welcome. you. You're <laughs> welcome. Can always count on you. We sure can. Okay, next. All right. All right. So, um, dead okay. air. So, Garoff terminates the live memory transfer, right? And, uh, and he's like, all right, Visser One, keep telling your story. And he doesn't, like, say out loud exactly what happened. And Visser One is like, um, like, what the fuck? But I'm obviously guilty. Why is this still going? And Ava in her head is like, you weren't supposed to get convicted. Like, this was supposed to go the other way. This is not a real fucking trial. He needs you to figure a way out of this. Um, Visser One requests a recess uh, to go eat and rest, and uh, the council grants it. Visser Three is all pissed off about it. Um, Visser One is, like, eating in the Yorkpool cafeteria, and she sees a woman take a cell phone call for her job and gets up and, like, bumps into her and secretly takes the phone. Um, she uses the bathroom and calls Marco up. Uh, remember from book 35 at the end where oh, she yeah. calls Marco? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because if you remember from last half, Visser 3 faked an anamorph attack and she needs to put the real anamorphs here to make the council see that he's a liar and an idiot. Um, anyway, she calls Marco and Marco's like, yeah, uh, we're, we're not getting ourselves killed over your infighting bitch, like the, uh, Sigma male that he is. And uh, Visser One tells him, is all like, listen, I'll tell you how to get in. I'll give you what it, she, she tells him about, like, the tax on f- food transport coming in and where to find it. Um, yeah, your <laughs> politics. This really, this <laughs> relates to last episode when we were confused because Visser 3 thought humans eat raw eggs and lettuce. <laughs> mm. He just doesn't hang out in the cafeteria. Well, why wouldn't he just say... They are they. They're in the Yerk Pool, apparently, right? That's where they are. <laughs> Maybe the well, uh, he the just go here. get some food from right next door. <laughs> Why is he bringing in his own food? <laughs> Maybe the Hork Bajir that he like uh, had pretend to be an Andalite so he could kill him. Maybe that Hork Bajir was like, "Fuck, he's gonna kill me, isn't he?" Maybe I'll, hey, I'll be the one to go get that food. Make him look like an idiot. <laughs> One final prank. <laughs> One, yeah, that's right. Pranked ya. Well, maybe it's Visser 3 being like, oh, oops, I thought that's what humans ate. Oopsie doops. Yeah. Uh, no, he doesn't really come smart. off like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A- a- and he's also there like, when, when yeah. Visser 1 calls him stupid, he's he doesn't do the, oh, I didn't realize. Like he, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... That's fucking yeah. dumb. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. This is our first mention we get in here of the Anati planet. 
Yes, they mentioned the Anadi somewhere but, around here. I mean, maybe we'll just save that for the end. That's a little teaser. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a strange disappearance of a task force, a Yerk task force around the Anadi plant. Whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. Again, this is what we we get this in the other book. I guess we get the actual full conversation here. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it kind of goes how you'd expect, I think. Yeah. Um, there's there's some good... I mean, have we... Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, we have. We've had Marco and, and his mom have, like, conversations before, I guess. Although I don't well, think they knew who... Yeah. Yeah, no, not really. This is the... Uh, no, well, even now, this is Marco, Marco and Visser yeah. one. You, right. You know. Marco hasn't. Marco, up until this point in the series, to my knowledge, has not had a conversation with his real mom. Yeah. No, he has not, and I guess at this point he still hasn't. And Correct. the ones in the past, she didn't know who he was. So there is something here. Yeah. So it's uh, you know, there's some. No, there's and it's Marco being very, uh, he, you know, she expects him to crack under pressure, but he's just like, fuck off, Yerk. <laughs> yeah, no, there's that, that is good where, uh, you know, she's like, oh, Marco, your mother loves you. And he's like, yeah, fucking no. Shut up. <laughs> pretty, pretty consistent with the with the ice mountain <laughs> ice mountain. Was it snowy? Yeah. It was probably snowy. I don't know. I don't know. I Consistent don't with snow. his attitude in that book when he pushed her off a cliff or somebody else did. <laughs> he was gonna, and Jake did for him. I don't know why I added snow to it in my mind, if there was or not. I don't Doesn't remember matter. any. Whatever. Uh, yeah, no. Mar- Listen, as I said, Marco's a Sigma male. What can what can I say? <laughs> sure is. Uh, yeah. What's and, Sigma? Um, at this point... This is also, we start seeing Ava and Visser 1, like, kind of working together a little bit. Mm. Um, like, there's there's bits in here where, uh, like, Visser 1 is thinking about saying she killed her kids, and Ava's like, no, Visser 3 has something up his sleeve. You have to tell the truth here. Uh, you know, because there, there, there's some... Right. There's some unitedness... And, like, some of it is that they're, you know, they're united in the sense that neither one of them wants all-out war because, you know, Visser 1 doesn't want her kids killed and Ava doesn't want Marco killed. Uh, so, there, but there's, I, I, I think there's also supposed to be a little bit of Ava feeling bad now that she realizes that Visser 1 is capable of having motherly instincts to some degree. Yeah, it, it it was a little confusing again for me just seeing the difference of like how fucking great is Allison Kim that <laughs> Edris is so in love with her and she fucking just hates Eva <laughs> violently. It's uh, like I mean, such a Listen, yeah. later on they do actively say I knew better when when she when she infested Eva, she was like I I made sure not to do that this time. <laughs> Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Some yeah. of it's experience. I don't know. Yeah. Listen, it's... Allison Kim's great. What do you want? She's a bae. <laughs> That's how it is. Okay. Don't... I'm just saying. Come on. Don't say that. <laughs> Jesus. Can you tell me, just out of curiosity, Yeah. describe Allison Kim. <laughs> She's a scientist. Okay. Uh, She's Korean. 
<laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> she's uh, intelligent. Right. Uh, she's curious about the world around her. Strong-willed. Does okay. that is that true? <laughs> it might be yeah, true. Yeah, it's probably true. She she kind of tries to yeah. fight against her with the eye thing. Yeah. Right. Okay. Strong-willed. Yeah, that's good. Strong-willed. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So yeah. So there's a couple descriptions. Sure. <laughs> what do you expect? You're getting you're getting the perspective of the parasite that took over her brain. You know. Right. Right. She's, she's not concerned about fleshing out the character. She's here to yeah absolve herself of guilt. Yeah, if 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 we lingered on this montage of the relationship, like if it was a relationship and not a montage of a relationship, we'd have gotten to know Allison Kim better. But like Garoff is not interested in that. He just wants to see if she's guilty, and then once he realizes she is, he's he's like, "Oh fuck, that's not what I wanted." <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I I like once again we see a little. A little window into the everyday lives of Yerks. All the Yerks in the um, cafeteria, like right next to Visser One and Visser Three, trying very, very hard not to like look at either of them or do anything or say anything, uh, <laughs> because they they're just like, well, uh, if I accidentally show sympathy to Visser One, then Visser Three will kill me when he wins the trial. Unless Visser One wins the trial, in which case, if I accidentally show appear to be on Visser Three's side, she might have me killed. <laughs> yeah, I like that. That's good. <laughs> yeah, it's good. They, they're all just very unhappy. <laughs> That's a classic. Which boss do I listen to? Yeah, I don't know who's in charge. Just, just don't make eye contact. <laughs> just, you gotta suck yeah. up to both of them just in case. Yeah, pretty much. Politics, baby. That's how it is with the Yerks. Visser 1 and, and Visser 3 reminds me of our uh, upcoming presidential election. Hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I I do know what you're saying. Can you tell me which one is which? Um. Well, I don't want to date the podcast. So ah, I prefer, okay. Yeah, you could just, whichever election happens to be coming up at the time you're listening, it's... It's well. I would say Visser Visser One is the Republican and Visser Three is the Democrat. Okay, yeah. <laughs> or I mean, maybe this should be vice easy because there's only one more election coming up, <laughs> right? And then then it'll it'll be over. Yeah, we're not. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> we're done after this one. <laughs> uh, I'm just saying, uh, whoever wins, we lose. <laughs> okay. Yeah. In the, Visser in that v sense. Visser. Hmm. That's the name of this court case. Sorry. That's yes. what they should have called this book. Yeah, it would make more sense. Yeah. <laughs> Visser v. Visser, Dawn of Justice. Uh, Dawn of the Empire? Dawn of Edris. <laughs> sure. <laughs> All right. So after our phone call, our beautiful, lovely phone call with Marco, um, the council, they reconvene, uh, and Visser One starts talking about her story again. Uh, uh, all right, so their shipboard Candrona was running low, right? And um, and she and Essam were in danger of starving soon. So Visser One uh, contacts the Yurk Empire. Um, Essam is pissed. Uh, he wants her to find, like, some other way. Uh, Visser One claims that, oh, you know, I'd been working as a spy, and that's why I did all the relationship stuff, and 
I was cut off from the empire. So, you know, I did develop some sympathies that I shouldn't have, but, you know, I remembered, I remembered my loyalties, uh, you know, even though Essen maybe didn't, uh, and, and Gareth starts defending her and backing her up, uh, showing that he's clearly on her side. Um, we see Visser One starting, we see a little bit of detail about Visser One starting to found the sharing, uh, how she moved away from Hollywood because there were already too many sharing-like organizations in Hollywood. Um, <laughs> eventually she, her, she and Essam, uh, get into a conflict because she wants to protect the children by becoming a Visser and he wants to find another way to do it. Um, so he's like, I'll, I'll give you back the Kendrona and, uh, I'll take the children like with me and go starve and she tries to convince him of his duty to stay they get into a fight and uh like allison starts resisting him so Essam can win um and he and allison and the kids take off and but Essam leaves viscer one with another host body the one she used to found the sharing um because he loves her and this is her Aww. story to the council it is implied that the story might not be entirely true, but it's basically true. <laughs> what What does that mean? <laughs> like, like when I was when I was doing this, I was like, I remember there are some details that are different. When we get the real story later, I went back and I was like, no, these details are basically all the same. Okay, <laughs> so I don't know. It's just like the way it's written. It's written like we have an unreliable narrator, but. She's not that unreliable. <laughs> yeah. You know, you don't want to... It's a kid's book. You don't want to confuse them too much. Yeah. Yeah. No, other than the fact that she she's like, oh, I was working as a spy, which wasn't true. And, uh, and like, a couple of, like, very minor points about, like, what she wanted to do with the kids and protect them. It's This is basically what happened. Close enough. They're kind of Edris and Essam are basically living out Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. More the TV show, perhaps, than the movie. You know, the new that's a new that's a very current reference. Mm. The TV show. Is there a, I didn't even know there was a TV show. Yeah, it's new on Amazon Prime to starring and created by Donald Glover. Mm. It's and probably Maya old Erskine. by the time you hear this podcast. <laughs> it's pretty new. They're really kind of living out that sort of a lifestyle, though. It's just a kind of a fun observation for people who are up to date with pop culture. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to watch that. Uh, yeah, no, you don't deserve it. Um, yeah, yeah. She, I like that she also here like she kind of fills Eva in on, like you said, there is some. I guess there are some discrepancies, and she just tells her like. Yeah. By the way, here's the real shit, just so you know. <laughs> yeah, that's also kind of the, the issue here is that is that whole, like, back and forth. Like, even as she's telling the fake story, she'll, like, throw one additional detail in to Eva. So you're just like, yeah, okay, that's the story, <laughs> basically. <laughs> it's kind of – it's just kind of funny that she's like, well, I, 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 you, you deserve the truth. Yeah. It, it is kind of an issue because – um because of that this part of the story ends up getting kind of told twice like later on mm. we're going to come back and revisit the story with the actual like all the details which makes mm. it more interesting but like first we have to hear her tell it 
like not for real, even though it's for real. It does feel a little bit awkward and uh, maybe a little confusing in ways it didn't have to be. Yeah, perhaps, perhaps. I don't know. Perhaps. Uh, we find out how she deals with mul- having multiple hosts at the same time, mm-hmm. which is that when she's not using one, she locks them up in a padded room. <laughs> or at least that's what she does with her sharing guy. I don't know if she does that with Allison at this point. Well, at one point, doesn't she get handcuffed to a radiator or something? <laughs> yeah, when, when they're actively in the fight. Right? Um, like when, when she and Essam are fighting... She gets handcuffed to a radiator. Yeah, so just, I mean, clearly she doesn't have that much respect for humans for all her talk. Uh, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see more details later, but it does feel like, like up until the point she contacted the fleet, she's, she's like, uh, you know, I, uh, it feels like Alice and Kim and her are like close to partners during this time. And then after she contacts the fleet, she starts being like, oh, I got to start being a Yerk again. And that's and that's when that split happens. And she's like, yeah, fuck this. Maybe this is the unreliable narrator part, because I'd like to hear Alice and Kim's take on all this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's <laughs> hard to re- really think that. Yeah, I mean, I will see because that here's the problem is that you have to read between the lines to get that because Visser one never wants to say that Alice and Kim and her were on the same side. <laughs> right. Like mm-hmm. she wants to obscure that fact in, in my reading of it. Yeah. So yeah. it's yeah, kind of hard to. I, at this point of the book, I, I I don't know if this is if I'm this is how I'm meant to feel or if it is a failing of the book. Mm-hmm. But I, I I feel like I. At least at this point of the book, while I was reading it, I think the end maybe will contextualize some of this, or mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I I just didn't buy her falling in love and wanting to protect her kids. Hmm. I felt like there was too much tell and not enough show, in my opinion, of like, yeah, I had kids and I just loved them, but I just didn't. Everything else I know about this character is that she's a heartless, cold monster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I get like, I guess the idea, the way that I kind of justified it is that she's a narcissist, like you said earlier. I do think there's but, some. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I don't. I don't know that the book is telling me that. R- really, I. I just mm-hmm. don't know. I just don't know. I don't believe this character being like, "Oh, my poor kids." Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how much of that is potentially like a you problem, where because you've seen an evil side, you are just now completely unwilling to see a good side, and how much of it is potentially a K <laughs> Applegate problem, where you know because K Applegate is a mother, she can say like, "Well." She had kids, and that obviously changes everything. Like, it's easy for you who doesn't have kids to say, oh, she would just love her kids? Are you kidding me? That doesn't make sense. But if you were a if you were a mother, you would know that, yeah, you would just love your kids. It does change everything. You know what I mean? Like, if she's coming at it from that angle. Right. Um, <laughs> like, like, for me, again, I am coming at this from Reddit mm. as a kid. I, I accept it, but I've always accepted it, so... I, I think my again I I'm it's I'm just gonna say what because I feel like I should sure. save this for the end I don't know but uh it, I guess my issue is that it feels like it's she changed and then just decided to change back mm-hmm. like she started out mean and nasty then she had kids and it changed her forever and then she was like eh, I should be a, a bitch again 
forget them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then she went back to that. So yeah. I, I just don't get that. Yeah, I mean, like, th- those two things can live side by side. I think that is th- sort of the point of what's or, or of what's trying to, ha- to be said with this book is that, like, you know, like, it's it's not like you are all one thing, right? It's not like I am, I, I you know, I'm the evil York Visser, therefore that is what I am, and I'm incapable of, of loving my children, I'm incapable of having a normal human life, or like, I can go live a happy life and love people and have kids, and therefore it's not possible for me to do evil things. Like, she can have both sides of this, and like, one or the other can take precedence depending on what her personal goals are right now, because, as you're saying, she's a narcissist and her goals are taking precedence over all these other things um like she is mm-hmm. very ambitious that is one thing that is clear uh but yeah I, I i see what you're saying and i also have some thoughts about that uh that are even they're more all-encompassing than that that i think we'll get to at the end okay all right well that's i think that's enough for now to say my headspace of this this section okay yeah that's uh, fair we, enough we can circle back to it yeah um Oh, this is the part where she gets off a good zinger on Visser 3. Oh, oh, yeah. it's, a good, it's a really good zinger. <laughs> oh, yeah. She says, oh, you know, council members, uh, I, I was wrong about Visser 3. He's not a dupe of the Andalites. With all this bluster and raving, he sounds as if he's been spending his time with Helmicrons. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. The ultimate call out. You're as stupid as a Helmicron. <laughs> It's really good. And that's how you know Kay Applegate wrote this book because no one else is bringing them up <laughs> <Right>. again. <laughs> yeah. Unless Kay Applegate specifically, like, in the notes. You know, she, write, she writes a one-paragraph summary of the book, and in, in the five sentences, one of them is, make sure you reference the Helmicrons. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Helmicrons. <laughs> uh, very all, good. all the council members are like, oh! Oh, oh yeah, yeah, they love it. <laughs> I mean, there's a, there's a, quite a few points Got in this em. book where they they basically say this is how the council members are, right? Like they're not they're not logical. They're all politicians, right? If if Visser Three gives up comes up and makes some big impassioned speech about how we are the Great York Empire, they're all like, oh yeah, he's right, even if he's what he's saying is stupid. And if she comes in and goes, he's talking like a Helmicron, they all go, oh, she got him. She's right. Even if it has like, you know, they're, they're, they're dumb politicians. They're Congress people. Visser 3 goes up to the stand. But anyone who doesn't want to go to war with the humans is gay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's basically what happens here. It's a it just I just want listeners to know it's a family guy reference. Okay, we can keep going. <laughs> yeah, well, v- Visser One can counter with uh, with nine eleven was bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, not yet. She can't give her a couple years. That's true. That's true. What's the Yerk nine eleven? The Yerk nine eleven. <laughs> is it when? Is it the Andalite blockade on the Yerk yeah, world? I, I, maybe. I, yeah, I, I guess. Is it yeah. the genocide of the Hork-Bajir? <laughs> it's when, uh, it's when uh, Aloran blew up that Yerk pool. Sure. Right? Yeah, that happened, not? right? Uh, I'm sure that happened at some point. I, I don't think it happened if, in a book. Okay, okay. Uh, the one that they're, that Alfangor is, has, doesn't want to blow up. 
I couldn't remember if they did or not. <laughs> I don't think they do. I okay, think that's when Elfangor says no and knocks him out. And that's like okay. how, how they get him unconscious so they can infest him. All right. Well, I, think. I tried. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> no. Well, we'll we'll get some we'll we'll keep our eye out, right? We'll look for some 9/11. We'll keep our eye out for York 9/11. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh so, okay. Yeah, Visser 1 and uh and and Visser 3, they're still arguing cuz we have to jump back and forth the story to their arguing. They're arguing about her motives, and Vista Three is like, "Oh, so, uh, so, so you say you uh, don't care about those kids anymore, eh? You just, uh, you don't, you're, you're a loyal Yerk now, eh?" And uh, and he brings in her kid Darwin, uh, and hands her a pistol and is like, "Shoot the kid." Um, and Darwin has been infested, so he's like, "Yeah, yeah, shoot me, lady," and like holds the gun to his <laughs> chest. Darwin's like nine, by the way. Um, and she's like, oh no, what do I do? But like before she actually has to shoot him, she sees Axe demorphing on Visser 3's back uh, because, you know, Marco has heeded her call in the, the Animorphs attack. They they burst in and a massive fight breaks out. It's like a repeat of the last time with the council members cheering and, and Visser 1 shooting at him and everybody fighting, except this time uh, the Animorphs are kicking ass because it's the actual Animorphs. Um, and in the process, Visser 1 gets knocked out by Marco as a gorilla. He punches her. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, so you know, another action scene here. Yeah, even Edris thinks that Animorph's violence is fucked up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, they're fucking tearing them apart <laughs> yeah no there's a there's a bit where she's like i must i must feel like this was a mistake because like now that the council sees what visitor three has to deal with they're going to feel bad for him rather than thinking that he's incompetent <laughs> <laughs> right both yeah both probable outcomes yeah uh this is the bit where one of the council taxons gets so hyped up by the fight that he just eats <laughs> one of the ged attendants serving him food <laughs> <laughs> He's just so excited he eats him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is a lot of fun. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> he loves it. It's the it's like the gif of Stephen Colbert eating popcorn, <laughs> only it's again. <laughs> That's right. Really, really good. Really exciting stuff. Uh, um well, so I mean even before that, we have we have the introduction of Darwin here. Yeah, Darwin. This kid 100% got beat up for having that name. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and this was, uh, he he was uh, an orphan, too. Like, he was adopted. He went through the, uh, like, this kid probably mm. had a bad childhood. And, and you know what he, else? Yeah. Well, this is also right, this is right in the time frame for Wild Thornberries. <laughs> you know, yeah. the monkey on, on Wild Thornberries was named Darwin. That's true. So I bet kids were giving him that too. Yeah, that's the great thing about being a kid is you you can basically just say anything, and if you say it like, uh, you know, insultingly, then it it becomes an insult. Like it doesn't <laughs> even have to be insulting. <laughs> I'd bully the shit out of this kid. Yeah. Hey, Dar Wimp. <laughs> Ooh, damn. Hey, Dar Wuss. What's up? Got a barbed tongue over there. <laughs> hey. Hey, uh, f- 
uh, far from being with a woman. (laughs) All right. Anyway, so Darwin sucks. Uh, And he wants her to shoot him. Yeah, I mean, the scene is also kind of horrifying to actually visualize. In the book, it's not that bad, but if you did this in a visual medium, you know, it's like we talked in book 19 about like, you know, when when Karen, the six or five or seven or eight or who knows how old she was, when that when the little girl Karen is all like, you're our meat, you know, you're our livestock, how that's kind of horrifying. Like if you have a nine year old kid and he's just like pointing a gun at you and being like, shoot me, mommy. Like if you actually <laughs> see that, that would be pretty fucked up. No, this is like even the scariest horror movies. Like most horror movies, typically, there of course there are exceptions. Will steer clear of kids stuff, mm-hmm. right? Because that's that's like the real. That's how you can potentially really lose audiences. Mm-hmm. Is if you like see a little kid get murdered or whatever. Honestly, anytime a movie kills a kid on screen rather than just implies it, I I, I like cheer. I'm like hell yeah, way <laughs> sure. to go for having some fucking balls kill that kid. You devour a ged walking by. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's what I that's do. Your, that's your thing. <laughs> yeah, any movie goer near me better watch out. I might accidentally eat them. But so for this for this book to just so casually be like, yeah, and then her small son walks out with a gun pointed at himself. Yeah, it doesn't. When you're reading it, you're just like, oh yeah, that's really messed up. But yeah, if you actually imagine this playing out, it is. One of the most horrific things that's ever occurred in this series. Yeah, it's good. The, <laughs> the fact that it is definitely not the most horrific thing that's occurred says something <laughs> about this as a children's series. Yeah, and you, well, you also have to take into account that not only is the kid being threatened with his life, but th- th- I don't. We don't know how long he, the kid has a yerk in his yeah. head too. Yeah, and he, the, he probably has no idea what's happening, so he's just now learning. That there are aliens and that his mom is in one or something. Like, he can't even... You can't, yeah. How could you even yeah, begin to understand? <laughs> yeah, this I is mean, all... to be fair, I, I was probably around nine when I read this book, so clearly a nine-year-old is capable of understanding it. I guess so. <laughs> it is worth... Every time we read Animal... I guess maybe I was... When, wait, what? this was October? No, you would have been 10 or 11. I would have been, been 10. 10. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But like it is, it is worth noting when we talk about some of the shit in these books. It's like, yeah, it was um, kids were pretty young reading these. Yeah, it's quite it's it's uh, Kay Applegate maybe should be tried for her crimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait until we uh, look at Everworld and the Patreon, then then you'll be like, what were you feeding oh these children? Don't don't make promises like that to the listeners. They'll right. they'll get too excited. They'll yeah, they might heads. get excited. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Uh, yeah, we also it's... find out that her daughter is named Madra, uh, which is the name of the Yerk Moon. Oh yeah, that's something. <laughs> you know, if she if she was so worried about the council, like about hiding these kids from the Yerk Empire, because you know having them signed their death warrant, I feel like naming your kid after the Yerk Moon was a bad idea. <laughs> you know, when the invasion it... comes in and they go, why why is this? Why is this kid named Madra? Maybe we should look into that. It's a Spanish name. It's it's a Spanish name. Don't worry, yeah. don't worry about it. <laughs> is it the Yerk Moon or a Yerk Moon? Good question. 
It's definitely a Yerk moon. Yeah, the quote is named for the bright tiny moon of the Yerk homeworld. Sounds like there's only one. It does, unless there's one big uh, dull one. (laughs) Right. One bright tiny one. (laughs) It is a possibility. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, we get some good. It's interesting to get an Animorphs. This is the only book, I think, where we get an Animorphs scene not from their perspective. Because any other book that's not an Animorph POV, like the other Chronicles books, haven't been a, they haven't been involved, really. Yeah, yeah. This is, so here yeah. we're seeing what this kind of destruction, this fight sequence looks like from an outsider's perspective. Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of fun. It is fun, and I do like... You know, because normally it's like, okay, we're bugs, we're bugs. Okay, I'm on Visser 3's back. Okay, he suspects nothing. All right, I'm growing. It's time to go. But here, it's just like, oh, shit, all these things are happening. Oh, shit. Wait a second. They're fucking already here. They're in the room. <laughs> it's so just it's, chaos. Yeah. 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 <laughs> in Immediate chaos out of nowhere from 0 to 11. Yeah. All of a sudden, fucking bears are ripping us apart. Holy right. shit. <laughs> Cassie is intelligent enough to go fucking polar bear and not wolf here. And I'm pretty sure Tobias is in hork morph rather than a yeah. hawk. They're, they're yeah, being smart exciting. for goddamn once. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm so smart that it makes you question, why don't they do this more often? <laughs> right? <laughs> it seems to work. <laughs> yeah. Well, why not have two bears? Why have one bear when you could have two bears? <laughs> so true. <laughs> so true. I always say that. Yeah, well, same. Uh, <laughs> all right, so so Visser one got knocked out by Marco. Uh, she wakes up, still in the York pool. All the animorphs are are, 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 are they're all surrounding her, and okay. uh, all of them are still in morph except for Marco. Um, there is a projected hologram around them. Uh, clearly, a chi is there, although Visser one doesn't know where it's coming from. Um. Marco demands that Visser One leave Ava or Axe will kill her, you know, mom or no mom. Uh, so Edris leaves. And uh, there's a time where she's just kind of sitting there wondering if she's about to die or what the hell's happening. And eventually they put her back into uh, Ava's head uh, and then knock her out to make it looks like, look like she was in a fight. Um, so while... Ava is unconscious and unable to move. Visser 1 accesses her memories to see, like, okay, what the hell happened while I was gone. Uh, okay. So Ava explained to them that Visser 1 wants infiltration while Visser 3 wants all-out war. Uh, and that in spite of what you might think, uh, you know, all-out war, it would end with all of humanity enslaved or destroyed. Infiltration is, in fact, the best choice. Like, we don't... We want Visser 1 to win. We don't want Visser 3 to want to win. And she also tells them about Visser 1's kids. Um, Jake gives Marco the choice of what to do, at which point Visser 1 realizes that it's not just some of them who are, who are humans. They are all humans except Axe. Uh, and, you know, we already found out. They decide to let Visser 1 go, and Marco tells his mom he loves her. And they leave a message for Visser 1 that if, like, she personally takes over the Earth invasion, they'll, like, drop what they know about her to the Council. So they, basically, they want to keep the status quo with the infiltrate, like, Visser 1 wins, so they have infiltration, but Visser 3 is in charge, I guess. Um, 
this whole thing is 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 kind of fun. I like it. I could again, these get very confusing when I try to explain them, but I think it it does work <laughs> in the book because it's all told from Visser One's perspective, right? Like we don't get the scene with Ava talking to to the Animorphs mm. as she's doing it, right? We get it as a flashback as Visser One accesses the memories after it's over. Yeah, I think that's cool. I think that's that's interesting. Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of a fun choice. Although it does also make me wonder, like, it seems like she's replaying this memory as if it were a video clip, <laughs> which I is not really how memory works. But I guess a yerk can access the brain in that way. Like she's literally, she's not getting a memory of it. She's literally getting a word for word what they really did say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I do feel like sometimes Animorphs does this where they, like, replay memories like videos where it, it turns out memory in real life is really bad and details are just, we just do not remember details correctly at all. Yeah, I mean, I read this scene and I couldn't tell you it again <laughs> for two yeah. minutes later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I do th- wish, as we as we said, as we alluded to earlier, th- this is the actual first conversation Marco has with his real mom. Yes. And I do wish they gave a little more, I, I don't know, gave that a little more due. It, it, it feel, the conversation is so businessy. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's very little like, oh my God, it's, you're alive. I'm here. We're together. This is incredible. Mm-hmm. Which it feels like maybe a little more of that was merited. But yeah. I guess Marco's just so stoic now. <laughs> yeah. I, like some of that probably is coming from Marco uh, coming off of the, being about to murder her and, and being in that mindset. But yeah, maybe you would see more from Ava. Uh, you know, they they have the scene where they tell each other they love love each other. But yeah, it's a little. I, I, feel I guess they saying. both they maybe they could have just made emphasize more that it's like, look, we we don't have time mm-hmm. for this. We both understand the stakes here, and Eva probably even more so mm-hmm. <laughs> than Marco. So she's like, we got to just do this. But yeah, I don't know. Um, I do like that she thinks Jake is an Andalite at first. That's Visser yeah. One does, but yeah, 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 because he's so he's so like, oh, you know, maybe we want Visser Three because he's stupid and makes mistakes and he's very like calculating and yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm like, yeah, Jake's just an Andalite now. I thought that was a pretty great detail. Yeah, that was good. Do you think maybe the Marco Ava connection would have been um like stronger if they switched perspective? Like, I like that they keep it in Visser One's perspective, but like. And in a lot of other books, this is where you might have switched to a Marco chapter or even an Ava chapter. Mm, yeah, I think it would have been because then you would have gotten like the the inner thoughts of Marco being like, this mm-hmm. sucks <laughs> or this is so emotional for me or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and same with Eva too. But I sort of, I don't know, it also annoys me when they... It wouldn't make sense in this case. This already doesn't really make sense that we're reading this from her perspective <laughs> in the canon of Animorphs, I mean, so. Yeah, this is her own Hieractyla. See, because the problem is, like, you could put this as a like a trial transcript, except that in the book she's actively admitting all the things that she can't admit during the trial, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You could say it's a memory dump or something. I don't know. We got yeah. this recording of her memory later on. 
I guess. But, but then this, you get a memory dump within a fucking memory dump. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is what happens when you go to lengths to to make your series exist in the real world. Then you have to justify all of it, too. And then you run into these issues. It makes no sense. But whatever. Mm. Uh, and also this time, Jake decides, oh, you know what, Marco? This is your call for, like, what to do. It's like, oh, now it's Marco's call? Because last time you just said, Marco, stay home. We're pushing your mom off a cliff. Well, no, no, no. It was Marco's call last time. It's just that Jake wanted to be the one to push her off the cliff, so Marco didn't do it. It was it was Marco who was like, Jake, you are unfit for command because it's your family. Yeah, I guess. I guess. I, I, guess, I don't know. It felt. I feel like it, Jake was maybe at least kind of leading. Like, it seemed like he only didn't force him to do it because Marco didn't fight back, but, like, he would have. Mm. I don't know. And, I mean, really, it was like that because they didn't have time for all that. <laughs> sure. <Right. laughs> we sure. got we got a book to get on with. <laughs> uh and uh we also it's always nice to get a rem- reminder that the animorphs are literal children. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when Visser 1 is just looking at Marco, I think or and just Yeah. just astonished of like the words he's saying that like this is a he's like 11. <laughs> yeah. I think there's a scene where Ava's like kneeling down and Marco is still just like barely taller than her because he's short for his age and a kid. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you get my cat feeder just went off. I don't know if you can hear that. I'm sure it's fine. I had a dog barking here a little bit ago. So yeah, the listeners will love all these details. Well, I just wanted to say, cause normally my, the cat feeder wouldn't be going off cause we'd be recording Mm -hmm. earlier, but we were recording a little later today. Mm -hmm. What are you trying to say? I'm no, I'm not trying to say anything. I was not going to add anything to that. Okay, okay. Just, you know. I'm just saying we happen to be recording a little later yeah. than we normally would be starting like uh-huh. on our schedule for how on time, how we usually like to do it. Right. Well, but nobody would have heard that cat feeder, so it's just not necessary to to go there. Well, they might have heard it. I don't know. It might show up in the final recording. It, I don't know. It might It's kind of loud in real life, so. Right, sure. Um, so anyway. So okay, so we didn't we didn't talk that deeply about the, um, cause like there, we've seen a little bit of the like Visser three potentially being vindicated or at least the argument for him being vindicated. And this is really where it like comes to a head, right? This idea that like all out war might actually be the best idea here, that he might be right. Um, mm. right. Because there, there's this idea that's like, okay, you know, obviously the humans can fight back. Obviously, you know, we're going to have to come in here and blow them all up and we'll lose most of the hosts that way. Um, but there's like no doubt in Ava or or Edris's mind that that they would win that war. And and you could make an argument that's that that's like what's better, you know, 6 billion hosts in 20 years or 1 billion hosts in 1 year and the rest are dead. And there's a very good argument that that second one is actually a better choice and that the only reason Edris doesn't want it is because she wants to protect her kids. She doesn't want them to die if the world gets, you know, holocausted. Right. She does also say that they could, if they could fuck us all up with their guns. Mm. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, like that, Earlier. that is, 
Yeah, yeah. She she's like we you know we could have brought like you know a hundred thousand people, five billion people could have missed most of the time and and still done fine, even though their tech is worse. But like that that to me is it feels like the actual the actual thing going on in her head is is like yeah, that's why we would have to scorch scorched Earth, blow up most of the planet, but we would still get like a huge number of hosts relative to what they are. Like, if they can only bring 100,000 hosts, they do not have to get very much of the planet to have gotten, like, an enormous chunk added to their forces. And if you can do that in a small amount of time, that is, like, that lets you potentially take the initiative against the Andalites and could be way more valuable than, you know, this long, slow, drawn-out conquest, I think. I think Vista 3 has some point. Like, there is some some point to the the idea. There's merit to the idea that a fast invasion of Earth is actually better, even though, yes, you know, you would not be able to just come in and take all the humans. They would fight back badly enough that you would have to go in and just, like, raise most of the planet to the ground. Yeah, I think that's I think that's right. I think I think both sides have a good argument to put forward. Uh, and I, I don't I don't think either one is necessarily wrong or right. Mm hmm. And and yeah, they I think yeah, Eva definitely has a personal stake in it. Or sorry, mm-hmm. Edris. I should they say they both do honestly because Eva well, here yeah. intentionally gets reinfested because she agrees with that. Like she could have said, like yeah, take me back with you. Like Marco says, basically we have friends alluding to the Chi who could just set you up with a new life. Like you, we could literally just take you out of here and kill Visser one on the spot and be done with it. And and Ava's like, no, I legitimately think it would be worse for humanity if Visser 3 was in charge. Yeah, and she should know. <laughs> yeah, she should know. Mm. But maybe she's a little, I don't know, she might be a little biased that she literally spends 24 hours a day around someone who fucking hates him. <laughs> that could have seeped in a little bit. It's, Stockholm Syndrome. It's sure possible. But um, I don't blame either of them. I fucking hate him too, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I get it. Uh, we get... I was saying earlier, we get that that refutation of the human special. We get one of the more depressing lines in Animorphs, where uh, <laughs> where Marco's like, "We'll never submit and never give in, or whatever." And she says, "Yeah, that's a nice sentiment, but the truth is, humans do submit. Not all, and not always, but some, maybe most. Enough will submit, and the rest will be dead." Yep, that about sums it up. <laughs> it does about sum it up. I'll be on the first in line to submit. Yeah. I don't want to get blasted by a Dracon. Especially if it's Visser 1 crawling into my ear, you know what I'm saying? Oh, I know what you're saying. Subscribe to our Patreon to hear verse 3 of your song to find out more. Uh, Verse 2 and the bridge. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I'm glad you couldn't even contain yourself that long. (laughs) Well, they'll they'll see. Uh, Yeah, so that's... That's a, that's an interesting argument, and we I, I guess we're not at the Anadi part of it yet, but yeah, yeah, we're not quite to the Anadi, which actually makes more sense when we get there. Although right. we'll talk about it, yeah, um, sort justifies Visser Three's position a little bit more, I think. Uh, Maybe- I mean, it justifies. I don't know that Visser Three is aware of the Anadi situation, but it <laughs> well, it, it, no, <laughs> it justifies the council. Well, we'll we'll talk about it. <laughs> we'll talk about it. We'll get yeah. there soon, people. Yeah, we're not Relax. actually that far away. We're like way ahead of uh, ahead of schedule. This podcast. This is going to be our shortest episode ever, probably. Yeah. Um, well, I do, now. 
once again, we see Visser One being extremely perceptive. Uh, you know, immediately upon realizing they're in a hologram, she's like, hmm, this is better than Andalite tech. I wonder what y'all are doing. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, if she was in charge of Earth, she would just have routed out the chi in, like, two books. <laughs> she doesn't figure out that it's a chi, right? Or No, she doesn't. She's just, like, no. interesting. Huh. I don't, do the Yurks even know about the chi? Nope. The like Andalites don't know about the chi. Nobody knows about the chi except for the dogs and the Animorphs. <laughs> they, and they've the never really interacted with any species besides humans. And the Howlers. Right, right. Yeah, I know. You're right. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> Those, we need the chi chronicles, damn it. <laughs> I know. Well... We kind of got it, I guess. I guess, yeah. Kind of is what that book is. Um, I need Eric also... versus the Drode. <laughs> Another thing that I really like in this scene is when she sees Marco holding herself. Mm, yeah. And I think we kind of had a similar thing like of this happen earlier where she sees – or oh, it's when she's holding Essam, I guess, or Yeah, something. yeah, there's some bit like that. Uh, but the, just it might be the, upcoming, but yeah. Maybe it comes up, yeah. But just the acknowledgement of how vulnerable and small a yerk is mm-hmm. and the like, the self-awareness, the realization of just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm all high and mighty. I'm Visser fucking one. I'm leading armies and shit. And then it's like, this fucking 10 year old could just yeah. close his fist a little <laughs> and I'm gone. Yeah. Like that, like that is, yeah, that's exactly, she's looking at him like, Oh shit. He, uh, he's pretty mad and I'm just in his hand and I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. Like that's a pretty, that's a powerful sensation to, to be aware of your, your lack of power in such a profound way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It feels like that should maybe lead to some kind of a, revelation between her and Marco of somehow maybe maybe somewhere deep down I don't know mm-hmm. if it does but something yeah uh, how do you feel about this decision uh they're they're because basically you know uh, like like the decision that that Visser one should go uh, this it feels very strange right that maybe it all makes sense uh, but it feels a little bit, and there's going to be, this is one of the bigger problems with the book. It feels a little bit just like, okay, the status quo is good. We need to justify why the status quo is good. Put him back, right? Like, we 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 want Visser 1's plan, but we want Visser 3 in charge. We don't want Visser 3's plan. We don't want Visser 1 in charge. So that's how we want the trial to turn out. Like, it's it's justified, but it's a little bit like, like, because they're actively, like, threatening her. You know, they're not just like, okay, make sure you win so that they do the stealthy invasion. They're like, also, you can't be in charge of Earth, because if you are, then we'll we'll release a video of this to the council and have you executed. Yeah, I mean, this uh, gets into maybe some of my thoughts overall on the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same. And also, and this also can connect to what the, uh, you're talking about the Animorphs decision. Yeah, the Animorphs decision, yeah. Which I guess essentially informs the council's decision too, but uh, yeah, it's it does it it really does feel like a cop out mm-hmm. <laughs> that going into this book, the setup of it is Visser one versus Visser three. Either outcome, one of them comes out on top. 
that has potentially very big changes for this series going forward. Yeah, yeah. As it turns out, no, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, there's information in here that that starts making you think about what will happen going forward, but that's that's as much as you're going to get. <laughs> Just to spoil it, like nothing, it's not like earth-shattering total change going forward from this point. Yeah, which I was, yeah, that was disappointing because I was like, mm-hmm. it seems like Visser 1's the narrator probably going to come out ahead here. Maybe like, maybe Visser 1 takes over. Mm-hmm. I, I or At least for a few books, maybe Visser 3 is doing something. I, yeah, something could happen potentially, but. Listen, no. we still got a dozen ghost written books left. We can't have a plot. We can't have a plot. No, 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 no. But then again, it's like, okay, I'll, I'll, we're getting too close to the end of it. But if All you're right. going to, like, if you're going to write a book that it's not like the Chronicles books, it's directly, it's in mm-hmm. the sequence of the story. It feels like then you should be progressing the plot. If you didn't want to, then you, this should have been another it shouldn't have been so seemingly relevant to the current Animorphs plot, mm-hmm. in my opinion. I I, I feel you. I, I yeah. Well, yeah. I I think I would agree with that. Yeah. yeah. Um. All right. Let's let's move let's on. Get on with it. Let's keep going. All right. So, as Visser one is like lying there unconscious, uh, she is remembering the details of you know we get a flashback in her mind. Of what is ha- what happened with her and Essam. So this is neither a memory dump nor a part where she's talking to the trial. This is just her remembering to herself. Um, so we get the details here. Um, uh, you know, as we said, Essam would rather die than contact the Empire. But uh, Edris, she wants to live and she also wants to rule because she's got an ego. Uh, we find out that she founded the sharing with a bunch of money that she stole through hacking banks with her yerk superior intellect and <laughs> hacking skills uh we find out that the founder of the sharing the human founder of the sharing uh is a guy who looked charismatic named lawrence alter who she infested and she changed his name to lore david altman because three name combos were popular uh and she used him <laughs> to found the sharing uh, we see a scene with Rich Huntley, who is the first voluntary controller who agreed to be infested because he wants to belong. You know, we see Essen infest him because he didn't think that, it, and he was all upset because he didn't think humans would ever come willingly, but he got disproved. And uh, Visser One ends up just killing Rich Huntley. Um, we find out that, yeah, there's a couple discrepancies in the story, but not much. Like, instead of Instead of immediately being a thing when she contacted the Empire, they were together for a couple more weeks before everything came to a head. Um, you know, and uh, part of the the break happened because, like, after she contacted the Empire, she was, like, all in. I'm like, I gotta move forward on the showing. I gotta do this. I gotta do this. And this is the point where she says, one of the things I gotta do is, we gotta kill Allison and Hildy. Right. And it's going to be okay because we'll just we'll just adopt the kids with our new uh, hosts and it'll be okay and it'll all be fine. Essam's like, no, fuck you. Fuck off. Uh, And um, and this is where the whole thing happens, where she gets in the fight with Essam and uh, he overpowers her and leaves her with uh, Lord David Altman. Um, Anyway, the, the. 
at, at a certain point she gets found and she and Visser 3 are brought back to the council and uh, she finishes up her story. Although the council says, you can finish your story, but we already have a verdict here. So she finishes the story and says, you know, she describes how uh, Essam and Allison went on the run with the two kids and seemed to continue the relationship even though she wasn't in a- Allison. Um, eventually she... She hunted him down when the kids got sick and were in a hospital. Um, we see Essam die still halfway in Hildy's brain. Uh, we find out Visser 1 just kind of let the kids get adopted. We find out that Visser 1 killed Allison when she came back to the hospital to try to get the kids. Um, and then we find out that once the sharing was strong enough as an organization, she also killed Lord David Altman because uh, she didn't want him getting canceled and it's easier to cancel living people than dead people. Um, which is why I guess she moved on to a random nobody in Marco's mom. So that is the end of Visser One's story of how she came to Earth and founded the Sharing, did all of her shit. Um, so we can finish up talking about that story before we conclude what the council says, I guess. Lore David Altman. Yes, Lore David Altman. Just a reminder to listeners that Lore is not a name. Right. Lauren. No one is named that. Is a name. <laughs> That's true. Lauren, L-O-R-E-N, sort of yeah. a name. <laughs> yeah. And his real name is Lawrence. So Lore is clearly short for Lawrence, but it's supposed to sound, you know, he's got to sound like a cult leader. He can't have a normal name. Is that what it is? It's, I thought it was Kay Applegate saying, well, let's just fuck with him a little more. <laughs> Lore. Come is on, the you idea a charismatic bearded man named Lore David Altman? You you wouldn't follow this guy. You wouldn't well, be like, oh, I want to hear be, what he has to say. Uh, is this supposed to be L. Ron Hubbard? <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe it is. That <laughs> it, uh, that was my. <laughs> it kind of feels like it is. Which is kind of funny if she just created the sharing is Scientology, I guess. It basically is. Yeah, I mean, it basically, it's supposed to be the Boy Scouts if it was, like, an actual cult. I guess, I mean, we've, I don't think we've ever talked about Scientology on this podcast, but now that I say it, it that seems like a pretty good, <laughs> that should be our, our point of reference for the sharing. Yeah, maybe we'll do a Scientology episode of uh, Patreon. Who's the who's the Mormon? What's his name? <laughs> uh, Joseph Smith. Yeah, that's I the prophet. No, that's who's the prophet? The, but, who's, but who's the guy who made it up? <laughs> jo- Joseph Smith. The... No, no, there was another. There's another guy from Mormonism. There? Yeah, I thought there was another guy with a dumb name. <laughs> I don't know who it would be. Uh, 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 I don't know. Forget it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. All right. Maybe I'm well, just thinking of L. Ron Hubbard. I guess that's it just might who just I, I be guess L. Ron Hubbard. Yeah. I'm just conflating the two. They're yeah. about the same. Yeah, they're kind of the same. Maybe you're thinking Whatever. because they they call themselves the LDS Church, so maybe the LDS that's, and the Lord David Altman. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. LDA. Anyway, we love all denominations on here. Please don't stop listening to our podcast because yes. we offended you personally. We love Scientologists. Mm-hmm. We love I was about to say I was going to say something but I think it's too hot even for this podcast. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. We love Heaven's Gate members. <laughs> Fill in the blank. 
<laughs> with your uh, current day <laughs> sect of choice. Uh, oh, the rest of this, I mean, this is how it happened. It's yeah. uh, it, it all kind of slots into place. I don't know that there's anything about it that's particularly revealing or worth mm-hmm. discussing, but yeah, it's it's more the details of what we had before. Um, you know, we we get it, we get it confirmed that she did in fact kill Allison herself personally. So, like at the end of the day, even after all of that, even after, like you know, having this relationship with her and being in this weird relationship at the end of the day, she was like, listen, I got ambitions and if they involve killing my friends and family, that's what they fucking involve. And fuck you. Uh, like she still is an evil person basically. (laughs) Yep. And, uh, this is also, um, I don't know. I lost it. I fucking lost it. I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I, there's a bit in here where she says, um, where she's, she's like, uh, you know, gloating over her new plans to take them by stealth and how she's not going to have to bomb everybody and kill her kids. And she says, like, oh, the, they, they would never know we were here until we already were them. And it, it almost makes me wonder, it, this, you know, it's not explicit, but like that, that phrase almost makes me wonder if she had this, like, vision of of like all Yerks having some kind of relationship with their human the way that she had with Allison. Mm. Like the humans will just we'll just get them all all voluntarily. We'll just move in and they'll all slowly start to integrate with us and and we'll have them all. And you know, and my kids can be infested too and it'll be fine because it'll be like I am with them. Uh you know, some something that's sort of based around this Maybe, maybe in the same way that she doesn't respect Horkbajir because they're stupid, she still has this lingering sense of like, oh, humans all hate themselves anyway. They'll all submit that way. Yeah, which I think she's probably ultimately correct. <laughs> I'm on her side, pretty much. Yeah. Well, you know, we are the Yerky Boys, so. And we do. I think maybe this is what happened to us: is the how pieces of Essam, <laughs> hmm. she pulls him out too early, and he's like. It's kind of disgusting, like silly putty. Yeah. Like he just snaps, and this the remains of him are just embedded in Hildy's brain. Mm-hmm. That's why he's crazy. Uh, I think he's a Yerky boy. I think that's what that means. <laughs> yeah, I think that's us. If you want to know why we're uh, like this, <laughs> it's our origin story. But that I, I thought that was a good. It's something that you could easily spend a lot more time dissecting. That's just a footnote here. Yeah, yeah. Kind of reminds upsetting. me of some of those crazy people who, like, in, in book um, eight, after they destroyed the uh, Earth-based Candrona, and, like, some of the uh, some of the controllers, like, former controllers started co- coming up, and since they'd, like, gone through the fugue state and had a Yerk, they, like, all were shouting like crazy people, and the Yerks had to exterminate all of them. Yeah. I don't know if you remember that. I do remember that, yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, that must have been what happened. Yeah. Um, uh, we also get uh, an answer to, well, maybe not an answer, but an imp- implied potential answer to a question that we had. At the beginning, w- w- you were asking, did Ava always like to sail, or is that um, is that Visser 1's thing here? There's a bit here where Ava says, like, yeah, I always enjoyed it when you sailed, at least be- back before I realized it was just a plot to set up like your faked death. And the implication there is that it was just all Visser one. 
the mm. way she says it. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I think that that may be right. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, this is also when Ava has the same realization I came to, which is, as you said, you're a huge piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. You're evil. Uh, yeah. At the end of the day, she's still evil. Um, I was also thinking in this section, honestly, like you want a perspective shift story. Uh, okay. So Hildy and Essam were dating Allison and Edris. And then Edris decides she wants to kill them. So she leaves, but they, they force her out of Allison. Hildy and Essam are go off and they are still in a relationship with Allison and they're on the run from Visser one. And now, doesn't that sound like the bones of like a good YA novel? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. This is this this has got fanfic potential. Get Stephanie Meyer on this. Get Stephanie Meyer. This is this is the reverse uh, the reverse the host. She's got she's in <laughs> love right. with the slug and she's also in love with the 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 boy. Yeah, the boy in this case being an old French weirdo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and she gets to be a, 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 a scientist, a super intelligent scientist type. Is Allison Kim our first canonically Asian character in Animorphs? Gotta be, right? I think so. I think so. I can't so. think I don't of think any others. It's possible there may be some offhand reference somewhere, but yeah. Yeah, certainly of any character, but they're Hispanic, (laughs) clearly. Yeah, Brittany and Tiffany. Is it Allison? Is is it a Brittany and Allison? It might be Allison. I'd have to check. It might be Brittany and Allison. Holy shit! Mm, Yeah, interesting. Mm, It is very interesting. We'll have to we'll have to look into that. (laughs) All right, let's finish the book up. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. So they're all. They're all waiting for their verdicts. As you said, Ava's regretting helping her because she's like, you're a piece of shit. Um, the council comes back and they proclaim a punishment of death by Candrona starvation for both Vissers 1 and 3. Um, <gasps> but they suspend those sentences oh. and, and they're like, well, we'll carry them out if you don't fulfill our orders. We'll give you some orders and if you don't fulfill them, then you'll do death by Candrona starvation. Uh, and the orders are that Visser one or Visser three is supposed to keep doing what he's doing. He's got to remain on Earth, and he's got to capture it by infiltration, not open force. And Visser one has to go to the Anadi homeworld. Um, and the reasoning behind this is that the Andalites, we find out, are in fact amassing a gigantic fleet. Right, like there is a huge Andalite fleet, and they are considering sending it to Earth. But they're also considering sending it to the Anadi homeworld. We don't know which one they're going to do yet. So the council wants it to be the Anadi homeworld. So they want to keep the Earth invasion stealthy, and they want to have Visser 1 go to the Anadi homeworld and, like, fuck shit up so that they all come over there. She wants them, you know, so they're like, you know, you're a great military strategist, lay some traps, fuck up that fleet, and meanwhile Visser 3 will take Earth. Uh, And that is the conclusion of the book, basically, that 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 things are basically going to be the same as far as we're concerned. There is one big change mm-hmm. that that's now the Council of Eleven. Oh yes, that is true. 
Two of them are dead because I guess they were arguing behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah. And I one guess taxing. Visser 1 and Visser 3 are not going to be promoted because they're uh, <laughs> they're both on trial or something. Marked for death. Yeah, we don't know if they're going to replace those two or not. I, yeah. Probably they will. Yeah, 13 is just such a good number. <laughs> Do we know which two it was? Was it the taxons? One of them was the taxon. It was not okay. both, though. Yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> that would have been good. Because I did predict that. Or I said they should do that. <laughs> I think, here's my theory. The mm-hmm. two that we, like, are in shadow and you can't tell who they are. Mm-hmm. I think there's actually only, well, there were 11 to start. And they just, like, put some, like, a coat rack with some with a robe on it in shadow to be like, we got to keep 13. But they just keep killing each other and pretending. Yeah. Then the assassins will, uh, they'll think that's the emperor and they'll, they'll, they'll uh, shoot it, but it'll just be a coat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty good. Pretty good subterfuge yeah. there. So. Smart. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean. It seems like yeah. the council had this outcome intended from the beginning. Yes. Yeah. It does 100% seem like it, because as soon as it seemed like Fisser 1 was going to get killed, they were like, or was going to be found guilty, they were like, well, shit, we got to find a way out for her so that it's not that bad. But they also didn't want to do anything to Visser 3. They still like him where he is for some reason. They need somebody in charge of Earth, and he's already here. <laughs> so, what was the point of this trial? <laughs> yeah, I mean, just listen, the the part of the trial being political theater makes sense to me, right? Like, yeah, people yeah. they know the Vissers are fighting. They know they both want each other dead. Visser one looks like a traitor. We need some kind of political theater to get things where we want them. That that I get. It makes sense, but I don't care about it. <laughs> that's mm. that's the problem. Like, if this were if these books were about the Yerks and about the council, then that could be very, very intriguing and fun. But it's there it's not about them. Mm-hmm. I do, and and so at the end of the day, this has no consequence. Yeah. To yeah, me, the, as a reader. <laughs> the only consequence that this has is that it should make you more worried about the Andalite fleet where like before you're like, we know the Andalites are coming. We hope the Andalites are coming. Oh God, are they coming? And then in this book, we're like, they are coming, but they might not be coming here. So it's a little, it's like, it's the same concern, but it's more structured, you know? And it it feels like there's multiple points where she suggests a way that the status quo could change before Mm -hmm. ripping it away. And that's one where it's like, Oh, the Andalites are ready to become ready to come in a few months. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is big. But Oh, as it turns out, we have a way to distract them. So don't even worry about it. We could put that off for like another year or two if we want. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. I do think that the biggest criticism of this book is, would be that it just, it's all about, it's this long ass trial to determine what the new status quo will be. And the conclusion is that it's the old status quo. And it's, yeah, <laughs> like if you're going to make that the central point of your book, it, it probably should change something, especially because like, you know, it, it, it said it's a Chronicles book. It's a big thing. This is supposed to be a big, important work. And it is very important for like lore and backstory and understanding. But as far as moving the story forward, you know, whatever. Here's a stupid question. 
Mm-hmm. Why doesn't Visser One just get a new host if she hates the one she has so much? And also, if she's going to another planet, why does she stay in a human host if she's not undercover? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't know that she hates this host any more than she would hate any other host. Yeah, but I mean, there's a real personal thing going on here. She could get, there are voluntary hosts yeah. out there, right? She could find somebody. She could get another Asian scientist. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever who knows? she's into. Who knows? I mean, clearly the Anadi homeworld is supposed to be a, a militaristic thing. And I guess Visser 1 is still, like, in addition to being good at infiltrating, she's good at military stuff. Um, but this does, listen, if you're going to go out of your way to make it come back to the status quo, it should kind of make sense that it's there. And I have this this lingering question, which is, if you want to direct the Andalites to the Anadi homeworld, why not get the guy who is the abomination, the symbol of everything that the Andalites hate most against the Yerks, who is specifically an expert in Andalite affairs, who is extremely militaristic and always pushing for open war, to go do that? And then get the the lady who set up your infiltration thing so well and so perfectly and did everything great and is clearly good at that to go do Earth. Yeah, that right. Seems like very why logical. would you, <laughs> that makes perfect sense to do it that They're way? They're literally putting them in the opposite roles that they were that they are good at. <laughs> yeah, like the only excuse I can get for this is that like oh Garoff knows that Visser One is compromised and can't be trusted with Earth, but. It really feels like Visser 3 is, like, the man for the Anadi job. Like, he's the guy for that. Yes. Why Why would you ever put this guy in a, in a position yeah. of, of, uh, of spy shit? He should yeah. be out there just destroying things. Yeah, because you, you know what? He's a warrior. In the main series Animorphs book, Visser 3 had one, like, absolute crushing victory where he just, like, absolutely wrecked everyone's shit and was amazing at what he did. And that's in book one when he destroyed the Andalite fleet who came to take over Earth. Like, he's good at that. He can do that. <laughs> Send him to it's the Anadio world. <laughs> yeah, it's bizarre. I got yeah. I got more questions that are that shouldn't be asked. <laughs> I mean, go for it. We're we're under time this week, I think, so you just, have time to just thinking on the subject of like why not this host or that host or whatever. Uh-huh. <laughs> Maybe maybe this has come up before, but why why doesn't someone on the council go, hey, Visser 3, nice Andalite body. Maybe, like, the Emperor should have that? Give it? It's like everyone yeah. agrees Andalites are the most coveted, perfect form. They all want one. Why does he just get to have it because he found it? Like, he's not in charge. Don't they have the power to just be like, fucking give it? <laughs> Yeah, there, there does or seem make to be him some the emperor. Sense. Yeah, it's very weird. There seems to be some sense of like host dibs, but like it clearly doesn't apply to underlings. It only applies to vissers. So why can't the council override that? It's yeah, bizarre. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, there's no reason for it. It's he should his. fucking be visser one. <laughs> he earned it. <laughs> um, okay, so I think if I recall, at some point you said to me that this could end up being my favorite Animorphs book. Didn't you say that to me? I, I think I, I think that I was like, 
out of the only out of the rest of the books, I think this is the only one that is in contention. Um, and and mm. I don't like for me, I don't like it as much as the other two chronicles or as much as like book nineteen. But I still like this book quite a bit. I I enjoy how it's written. I enjoy uh like the diving into Visser uh, one's character. Um, yeah, and also. Also, I got to say, there is a big difference in, like, just retrospect of how this book fits into the series when I'm just reading it all the way through or remembering it as a kid than when I'm sitting down and really analyzing it, like, line by line for a podcast. Like, I feel <laughs> like I probably wouldn't come back after having done my notes and say that it would be in contention. But, like, it's still, like, for me, it's still clearly up there as one of the best in the series. For me personally. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I mean, this is easily for me the weakest of the Chronicles books that we've read, Mm -hmm. but like, it's not even close in my opinion. Hmm. I, I like the Marco mom scenes. Some of the backstory stuff is interesting, but for, for me, I thought there was way too much time spent in the courtroom I don't care about Yerk politics. Hmm. Nothing happens that matters. So much of it is just bickering between Visser one and three. That is like, I've, yeah, I, I, I get this. Just, just tell me the story. You could cut out 90% of the in-between courtroom scenes and actually develop some of these characters. And ultimately the thing that I said before, for the status quo is one thing that it doesn't change. But also this is, this is your book to flesh out Visser one. And I don't, I still don't know. Am I supposed to sympathize with her? Am I supposed to like her more or understand her better? Because all this book did for me was drive home even more. What a terrible psychopathic monster she is. Like, I don't, nothing has changed about my opinion of any characters or what is going on in the plot from reading this. I don't feel like anything that actually occurs in this book matters. <laughs> you could just tell me, by the way, they sent Visser 1 to the Anadi planet, and basically I'm in the same place as now. Oh, and she started the sharing. Okay. Like, I could have kind of, I kind of could have figured that out. <laughs> I didn't need the, like, step-by-step of it. Yeah, I, don't, for, I don't know. For me, that's not quite true. I, I don't know. I do not find it impossible to sympathize with her, even though she is confirmed to once again be a monster. I think that if you tried to make her not a monster, it would be stupid because it's so obviously inconsistent with the rest of what she is. But I think showing her as like a, a more complex, like multifaceted person with the capability of like, okay, I I can have relationships. I can care for other people. I can, you know, have all these like, uh, nuanced, complicated, uh, you know, conflicting uh, emotions. I think that that is very interesting to me, and I, I, like I can sympathize with her in those moments. Uh, and I, I, like I said, to me, this is very foundational with the idea of sympathizing with Yerks in general, um, because otherwise, otherwise, you don't get to see enough of the Yerks in their hosts, right? You get to see Tidwell and his Yerk. You get to see Aftran, but then most of the Yerks, you're like, oh, well, 
I've only ever seen the evil side, so they're just evil. Here we can see, no, the evil Yerks have that capability too. They have that person, like they are full, complete people like Visser 1. They just, you know, that's not how they are acting right now. Like, I don't know. Uh, the fact that she's a monster and evil does not make her unworthy of empathy in my mind. Mm, I'm going to take that out of context a lot. <laughs> Um, I mean, I guess yeah, I I'll, I'll stand by that. I don't know what <laughs> what you're what you're even taking out of context here. Okay, you know, you know, just fam- just thinking of other famous monsters of history that you might empathize with. They better be female, because I said her. <laughs> uh, I don't presume gender the way some do. I, I think there seems there seems to be a a thing here is that. F- y- I don't I don't believe that her love of these children was in any way genuine love. And and maybe you do? Is I, that what's I do. I I actually though I I will say I find that um I feel like this is going to sound really fucking stupid. I feel like love <laughs> is romanticized a lot in a way that it oh, shouldn't boy. be. Oh, like, here we go. I think that way too often... No, I feel like way too often people will be like, oh, well, um, if you love someone, you can't do something bad. Or like, if they did something bad, that means you can't really have loved them. And I don't think that's how that works. I think that I think that the actual answer is that um, love is not as good as you think it is. You can You can love someone and do something bad to them at the same time, and that's not in conflict, because love's not actually like this all... Like, it doesn't conquer all. It's not this wonderful, beautiful, untainted thing. Like, it is what it is. Oh, it, it's hey, got Applegate good parts would disagree with you on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mother's love can, uh, whatever she said on the inside cover. So it's 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 acceptable to love your child and also infest them with a parasite I didn't say it was acceptable. Them? I didn't say it was acceptable. I said it was possible. I, th- I think that the feelings that an abusive parent feels are real feelings that does not justify or make their behavior acceptable, but I think that those feelings are, in fact, there. That's what I think. Yeah, but it doesn't make me like them. <laughs> sure, but it doesn't It doesn't have to make you like them. I don't like Visser 1. She's obviously evil and a monster. I guess this is what I'm uh, running up against is, cause, and maybe I'm wrong, but I it feels like in those parts I, I'm supposed to go... Oh, Visser One isn't just a bad person. She has a heart. Before that's just, in my opinion, completely undone. And maybe that maybe I'm just reading it wrong. Maybe I'm just that's what I'm assuming it's supposed to be doing for me because that's how a typical story goes. Mm-hmm. But it's I guess more complicated than that. But I just don't. I just I don't know. Yeah, I just I just I'm just struggling to understand what I'm supposed to take away from her how mm. I'm supposed to think of her differently at this point. Cause I don't really, and I, I guess I wanted to. <laughs> yeah. I, and I, I do feel you on that, you know, as I said before, like I, I have known both of those things about Visser one since I was 10. So, you know, <laughs> it, it's not like, it's not like this weird thing where I'm going on this journey and coming back to it. Uh, I, I do think that, you know, as I said, this ties back into everything has to come back to the status quo. Like, when we learn that Visser 1 has this nice side, yeah, as you said, it can't actually temper the fact that she is an evil monster because 
she's always been an evil monster. It wouldn't make sense if she wasn't. So, like, like maybe there is too much of, like, oh, I want to bring you to this, but then I got to bring you back, I got to bring you back um, kind of thing, as opposed to, like, leaving yeah. it in more of a gray area difficult to come to terms with. I mean, like, on that note, you know, Ava has a turnaround in the story, which seems stupid to me, right? Like, where, <laughs> where she's like, oh, I feel kind of bad for you because you're a mother and we got to make sure that you uh, are survive the trial because, because it, that's the right choice for the Earth. And then after she admits to killing Allison and and everything, Ava's like, "No, actually, she's a monster, and I wish she got put to death." Which, wait, you didn't? <laughs> yeah, I'm with her. <laughs> yeah, like, but like, you didn't know that when you, like, right, when you were sympathizing head. with her, and you didn't know that, like, the the fact that she's that that's what's right for the Earth doesn't change. Like, I don't know that turnaround. I think honestly makes the book feel a little bit more like what you're saying. Like maybe you are supposed to think she's good and then realize she killed Allison and then be like, Oh no, it's, she's actually bad. But like, I don't, uh, yeah, I, I, those two ideas live together nicely in my head, but I don't, um, I don't begrudge you for being like the structure of the book is trying to take you somewhere that it, it just mm. doesn't take you anywhere. <laughs> I think maybe I would have liked it if there was just a little bit of her be like, a little conflicted mm-hmm. about destroying all humans and sort of making the connection of like, she, she kind of, you kind of see her start to say it. Like she doesn't want to tell Eva about her kids. Cause she's like mm-hmm. embarrassed, <laughs> but it's still, there's, there's not really a moment of, Oh, if I love my children, then everyone must love their children. Huh? Interesting. I could make, mm-hmm. make a connection there. It's just, well, I love mine. Like she clearly seems to be yeah. okay with it. If I took my two kids off the planet, then fucking nuke it. <laughs> like that's it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, I just, I'm like, okay. Yeah. So and, she's, so she's evil. Okay. Yeah. And uh, her heel turn. It like, it seems to be implied that it's very much the recontacting of the fleet. Like while she's just on earth living her life, she, she is very empathetic and very like into it. But once she's like, okay, I got to make a decision, right? Either I got to potentially starve to death because we don't have the Candrona and give up on my dreams of leadership, or I got to contact the fleet and go with it. Once she makes that decision, she's like, listen, I made the decision to go for York leadership and that means I got to do what I got to do. And if that means killing them, that means killing them. You know what I mean? Like she's got that, Yeah, she's got that turnaround. It, it, like you said, she is at the end of the day, all about, all about number one, right? Number one. I think I also would have, would have liked it better if there was like, if it was more like what you said, it maybe reads like is you were supposed to go, oh, she's a good person. I, the problem is I think you would need almost a completely different framing device or a different perspective mm-hmm. somehow. Or like maybe the Animorphs capture her and get this story or something and Cassie is the one who's like, mm-hmm. there's good in her. And then it turned, and then you could see the, the, the fallout or maybe they're like, if she's, if she was good, like she, we could have someone against Visser three and then they have to, reckon with the fact that no they're all they're all evil and we're alone yeah i mean i guess i guess that's the difference is that i don't read this as like oh is she actually a good person or not i read this as she's clearly a bad person but she is in fact a person right she's not just like a caricature who only does evil things right like like viscer three often ends up being um yeah i wonder if it would have been i mean i don't wonder i think it would have been better if uh, if instead of viewing this through the lens of the trial, we just had a standard Chronicles and she just, like, this is just her entire memory 
Like it would have allowed that yes. that montage of her relationship to be like five or six chapters of relationship. We could see that evolve organically. It would have turned her decision in the fleet to, or to go back to the fleet from like one paragraph to like three or four chapters. Um, That's one hundred percent what I what I want. I mean, I like mm. the scene. The only thing I feel like you would lose that I would miss is the animorphs breaking in and fucking shit up. But yeah. like, just start with the trial and end with the trial, or you could even start with the with the animorphs with her talking to Marco, and and then she sees this scene in her head or something. But uh, yeah, I just think it should have been the same way the Horkvajir was. It should have been a little framing device and then st- the whole story. It was too much like all over the place for me. Like, is it a courtroom drama or is it the story of her life or is it the origin of the Yerks on Earth or is it a- Eva versus Edris and their relationship? It was just a lot of things. It was too many things. <laughs> Which yeah. is a pretty, which is par for the course for these books. Yeah, I feel you. And uh, yeah, and and as you know, I notice things about these books when I make the bullet pointed lists that I don't notice if I don't. And yeah, one thing that definitely kept happening was I kept having to say, and then Visser One and Visser Three argue some more about the same point. Like I was doing <laughs> that through both halves of this book, and it was always the same. Like they argue some more about force versus whatever. Um, yeah. So yeah, like that, there was definitely room to cut that down. I, I feel that, and it doesn't help that again, th- this is a chronic. This it's a chronicles mm-hmm. book, and it's a K. Applegate book. Yeah. So we're coming at the end of a season of mostly ghost written books, and it's our first chronicles book since since Horkbajir, and it's like you know expectations are high. Mm-hmm. So so that's part of it too. Maybe if my I don't know if this was somehow a megamorphs or something. I don't know. There's no other place you could put this, but I was just, yeah, maybe I'm I'm putting too much pressure on it. But yeah, it did not live up for me. I don't know mm. if this is un- unpopular okay. opinion. I'm I really I'm curious to hear if people on Reddit or who email us, like I didn't like I didn't hate the book, and I actually I think I liked the second half a lot less than the first half. Once I kind of mm. realized the groove it was settling into. Gotcha. <laughs> But yeah, I did not love it. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, no, I I do still love this book. I've despite all of its its issues. Um, yeah, I I feel like that what you said is an unpopular opinion, but I don't know for sure. I'd be interested in having people tell us. Yeah, well, we'll find um, out. We got a few pop culture references from this book. Yeah, a couple. <laughs> well, a few. Yeah. Go ahead. First, there's uh, sitting calmly in the passenger seat of a Toyota Camry. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, this one, I don't know. Does this count? I don't know what counts. Who knows? But she says, what did you expect me to do? Use our one ship to attack the White House? Do we count the White House as a reference? Yeah, I don't know. I don't have it listed, but it is capitalized. And I have other things capitalized that are equal or other things listed that are equally. Who knows? I only have one other thing, so maybe you have other... What's your ambiguous ones? Uh, Malibu and Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, no. Okay, I, fair you enough. You can't, can't count a place name. <laughs> you're right, you're right. I don't know. What do you want from me? <laughs> yeah, and then just a little something we put together from stuff we bought at Radio Shack. Mm-hmm. That's it. Uh... They do oh, yeah. have the not not the place name New Hampshire, but the the New Hampshire license plates say "Live Free or Die." I feel like that's specific enough to be a reference. <laughs> sure. 
That's, that's All right. cultural. We managed to yak enough at the end of this to make it a normal-sized episode. <laughs> yeah, we did. You're right. We did good. <laughs> well, the actual, I mean, people could honestly just skip to the last 30 minutes. Like, there's, the rest of the book is like, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Too late, though, suckers. You already listened to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, some people might want even more. Yeah, I don't know why, but they might. And if you want more, you can find more at the Yerky Boys Patreon, which is located at patreon.com slash the Yerky Boys. And this week we have a bonus episode. We are going to be reading book three of the Island series by Gordon Corman. Uh, we don't know what it's about yet because the point of the exercise is to read it out of context. But it's something a listener, uh, two listeners sort of recommended to us. So it should be a weird, interesting episode. There's also ones that we've done before that that are... Uh, better probably. So, <laughs> and, we, uh, we haven't recorded it yet. It might be our best one yet. It could be. And don't forget the full version of that parody song and many more available only on our Patreon. Yeah. And uh, if you'd like to uh, contact us, uh, tell us your thoughts on Visser, whether you liked the book, whether you didn't like it, uh, any questions or comments you want to direct to us, anything that you want to uh, say to us about the season three, books 23 through uh, 35 and Visser for us to discuss on our season recap next episode. You can write in to us at, at the Yerky Boys at gmail.com. Hell yeah. Hey, if you want to follow me online? Go to my personal website, jonathanestis.com. That's my name, first and last. And there you'll find all my YouTube stuff, social media, my newsletter, and other fun things that I do. If you want to hear more, more of me, podcasts, there's more there. Check it out. Check it out. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Tune in next time when we will be recapping Season 3 on the Yerky Boys. Mm-hmm.